1: Welcome back to the fifth and last NRL podcast. It is now time to do our season reviews and Brock, uh, we obviously had our predictions at the start of the year, things, some close, some not, some uh, a bit far off, but at the end of the day, that's rugby league, it's a very unpredictable game. It is, it is.
2: Um, I know some of uh, our big predictions flopped, some of our smaller predictions probably came to fruition, but... Uh, every year, it's it's becoming harder and harder to predict. The salary cap obviously is um, squeezing this competition, um, and you know that's that's uh, shown through in the results again this year. And, and next year, it's going to be even harder. Um, and that's what we love about it. It's it's great. Every everyone's team at the start of the year is a realistic chance. Um, that's what the NRO wanted to create when they brought in the salary cap, and uh, I think it's working.
1: Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. And uh, as, as things were at the start of the year, we went through alphabetically, but in this case of the season review, we're going to go from the Wooden Spooners in Parramatta and work our way up to the minor premieres and eventual premieres of the Sydney Roosters. Going to do the teams in blocks of four, but not four separate shows, so we'll jump straight into it. Uh, the Parramatta Eels, they finished 16th. They only won five games. Um, what are you supposed to say? I think there's only a couple of dot points that sum everything up for me.
2: in Parramatta won 40... To ten or whatever it was, first round.
1: Yeah, well, I was about to say that. That's the one thing that I've got here in the dot points. Round one, uh, that win gives you that false hope. You think, "Holy shit, Ricky Stewart's turned up." Uh, is that bloodbathing in the preseason? Is all this anger going to make a difference? Yeah. The result, you know, kind of give you a little bit of false hope. I know one game's not enough, but I was stunned, absolutely stunned. Yeah,
2: but it's just and I can remember saying after that game, it's one game. Oh, no, yeah, I know it's one, one game. game. Um, it's. And I expected Parramatta to play their best footy at the start of the year because Ricky Stewart, the clown, had them training
1: in bloody October last year before the grand final. Yeah. Just stupidity. The easiest way to sum it up, they only won five games. Uh, he sacked 12 players and then he quit himself and moved on. Mm. And uh, he's off to the Raiders who, to be honest, have lost some of their best firepower, so I'd love to see what happens there next year. I think he may have another situation in his hands, but... It's uh, board. a significant day anyway because we've uh, just heard that Brad Arthur's
2: been announced as a coach so we sort of get a picture of where they're going next year. Daniel Anderson named as a coaching director. Supposedly. Uh, yeah, that, so that's it not looks official like, yet. Though, it looks it? like it's going to happen. Um, Ray Price is blowing up about it but oh, I think that's the biggest problem at the Parramatta Club is the board
1: um, and the ex-players. Just shut up. Well, know your role. I'll give you, you one. Nothing,
2: nothing to do with the club
1: anymore. I'll give you one, Ray Price. How modern are you, champ? Well, yeah. No offence but sports science... Uh, the wrestle, all the things that are now modern, he may have been good back in his day, but yep. he's not anywhere near up to scratch or end or qualified to coach an old team. And I'm sorry, but 80s pride, anger, and acid wash jeans and drinking cans doesn't get you yep. a premiership these days. Yep. And, right. you
2: know, the only thing that's going to fix this situation for Parramatta is winning a con. And then all these old has-beens, <clears> the old champions, you know, of 27 years ago or whenever it was that they won last one, a uh, competition, they'll go away then. Um, but the longer this Stop goes on, the worse it, worse it's going to get. Um, it's just a really crap situation. I hope Brad Arthur, um, I hope the CEO can stick around. I hope the board can sort of stick by him. Um, and he gets a decent crack at turning this around. Because it's not
1: it's not a one or two year solution here. It's going to be at least four or five years. No, nah, and that's what I was about to get at. <clears throat> the, the board's a wreck. They're split into four parts. Steve Sharp's obviously in charge now. He got his way. Brad Arthur, which is what the... The senior players wanted, but uh, I think the biggest thing for Parramatta is simple. They have no depth. They had nothing really coming up as far as juniors. They got Kalepi Tanganoa and a couple other blokes in Terrapo, but uh, nothing really doing there. Hayne is really the only star power they have. They do have Sandow, but he's just completely off the rails. How they ever come to pay half a million is beyond me.
2: Yeah,
1: uh, And just everything this year. Like if you sat here and said, what are they excelled in? What are they struggling? Well, they struggled in everything. They were terrible in possession. The defensive misses are horrible. They're reading a complete lack of points. They, they had didn't win an away game. No roll forward and just ridiculous for a first-grade side. And they got beaten, like some of the, the margins, 64-4 to 4 to Melbourne, 50 nil to the Roosters. And, you know, the only real kind of highlights, like you said, of that round one win and maybe when they beat Brisbane, when Jared Hayne kicked that strange field goal from the sideline. But um, there's no other way to sum it up. There's nothing positive. At all Out of this year for them Well I think Yeah the Johnny Manor
2: Cup Win Was a significant day for them That mm. was probably The highlight of the year That was the best they played all year They really outground The Sharks for me um, And That leads me into their Best player And it was Tim Mal Yeah We um, cool. just slugged away all year I thought Renny Matua Had a good year um, The two young guys um, Penny Terrapo And Kleppi Tanganoa I think they both um, Really showed some positive signs I've obviously got Season tickets there I don't know why I pay for them um, I'm glad my partner enjoys watching them because I don't. Mm. Um, and they're,
1: they're just hard to watch, really hard to watch. Yeah, well, Hayden and Sandy are probably your two biggest attractions. Barely played any football this year. That uh, simple is this for the new year. They've got some new players coming in and some good ones at that with Will Hoppawato, uh Moss from England, Pete's Corey Norman, Justin Hunt, and a bloke I really like, young Brendan and Sandy. give them this. I think they are bought well. I think they have bought well, but my next point is the simple going forward. This is a long-term project. It's a Penrith project. Yeah. They need to buy good, consistent first graders, say, like your Aiden Guerras or your Joel Reethmos, these kind of guys, like Penrith, who bought Lewis Brown and Manu. Yeah. Not anyone who's going to break the bank, and they need to start a plan with their juniors because they've won Harold mats. They've been good in the SG ball. They need to start making well, they've sure... they've won back-to-back our mats. always up well, there. that's what I mean. They've done that the last couple of years, their though, 20s consistently. Have been terrible. terrible but they're the not same. getting them to the 20s. And then yeah. when somebody does, like a Daniel Tupar or George Tafur, why they end up with Manly and the Roosters? They go elsewhere. Yeah. They need to bloody do a lot better. But, uh, yeah, Tim Manor. I think Hain, for his limited game time, is outstanding. Lusick got their player of the year. I still think he was underwhelming. And, uh, yeah, Sandow. Horrible, mate. Sort your shit out. Parramatta, board, stop eating each other alive. Let Brad Arthur do his job and slowly build around these talented young players you've brought in. Well, they need, like, it's
2: all well and good to say yeah. they have bought well for this year. They need to do exactly the same thing for the next three or four years. Mm. But they can't and break to the accumulate bank
1: a squad. Yeah, yeah, but do exactly the same sort of buys. Mm. Just accumulate. Well, that's the squad. Why well, I'm happy about Pete's and Hunt and these kind of guys. They're first graders, but they're big clubs. So yeah. they, they need to attack teams like the Roosters and Souths that are going to have to shed depth. Yeah. and build their own side. You know. It's, uh, moving on to 15th place for this season, the West Tigers with uh, Tim Sheens moving on, Mick Potter come back, a former Dally M player of the year himself, uh, great player in his own rights but we had some pretty poor uh, things come out in the media this year about his coaching style, um, yeah. obviously it was horror from day one, the Benji Marshall situation. Never got any better before the season kicked off after Stephen Kearney stripped him of the Kiwi captaincy. It just seemed to all go downhill further from there. Yeah. And that's probably the the biggest story out of this year. You you almost forgot about the Tigers because all you were doing was reading about Benji. Well, I thought Mick
2: Mick Potter was giving a kick in the guts straight away, wasn't he? Like, you know, this is is the situation. The players are running this club. Um, We're in a mess with the salary cap. Uh, Fix it, basically. That was his uh, edict. Um, And for them to even talk about sacking him, that's That was ridiculous, I thought. Yeah, cool. um, I know that... And there was an incident at Parramatta where, <clears throat> um, because you're live at the game, you could sort of tell 14 players ran out. Um, Curtis Heron was obviously not told he was on the bench. Um, he was then pulled from the field, and he was blowing up. Like, we're right, smack bang on halfway. He was blowing up a treat. Um, so that gave you a little bit of insight into maybe um, some, you know, lack of experience or, or lack of um, structure and... Uh, communication maybe from Mick Potter, but I can't let him hold the key for this. Their key players didn't perform. Robbie Farah had an injury-riddled season. His best football was probably played in the Origin Series. Uh, Benji Marshall was awful. Um, and then they just never really got going. You know? uh, they showed glimpses, um, and I think they've got a lot of great, good young kids, notably Luke Brooks um, and Moses, is it the other half that's coming through? And then obviously the, the guys that they brought through and played great this year, um, you know, we could rattle them more off, but they look like solid first graders. Um, and look, the whole Adam Blair thing, that, that didn't work again. Uh, they paid overs for him. Similar situation to Sandow at Parramatta, I guess. So.
1: Well, youth is the go. Pretty straightforward. I'm sick of people like Chris Lawrence and Blake. They've all, they're all getting paid good money. They were supposed to win a comp a couple of years ago. They didn't do it. Yeah, they were horrible last year. They're horrible again this year. Well, they missed their window, didn't they? Thank God they got rid of Ashford. I don't know how they're holding on to Lawrence. I know he's had some injuries, but he's a shadow of the player he was. Mm-hmm. Adam Blair overpaid. Keith Galloway got re-signed somehow after all those injuries. But the only two highlights until they got injured were Aaron Woods and Robbie Farr. Yeah. And the simplest way to sum it up is pretty much you said before: youth was the go this season, whether it be uh, Noffaluma, Tim Simona. Syrian and moving to the back row, Tedesco, Brooks, Brownwoods. There's 1,000 of them. So yeah. you look at that and you think that Mick Potter's done his job. He's at the grit and his teeth this year. It wasn't his roster. Uh, he didn't really get to get rid of probably as many as he wanted to either. Yeah. So that's what interests me this year. Will If things go pear-shaped again, are they going to give him enough time to still put his stamp on it? Because he's got all these kids in, Yeah. but he still hasn't really had the chance with uh, the amount of money that was taken up by Benji and Adam Blair and the like, to really put a stamp on it. So Yeah, exactly. uh, I'd be very interested to see what's going to go on there. But I think, for me, they need to get rid of Anastar. He's done. I don't know how Galloway got his extension, but uh, he did. And the Adam Blair situation, I didn't think he was too bad at the back end of the year, but he's still not worth the money they're paying him. No, he's not. There's no doubt about it. But um, recruitment, as far as next year, kind of worried me, though. Like, I know they got Hella Tower back, and Martin Tapow's a good player, but... Uh, Blake Austin, that's another possibility for the halves. But Keith Lulia from Bradford, Corey Patterson from KR, and then Pat Richards. They've got a 1,000-gun young backs. I know Pat Richards, a lot of people like him, but you can't pay for a 30-something-year-old winger. It depends what they did pay for him. The one for me, um, and, you, and you roll through it,
2: they used um, a heap more players than any, any other club in the NRL. Um, they used 34 players this year. Um, most teams floated around in the high 20s, um, 28, 29. The Roosters who won the comp, they used 25. So it just gives you no continuity, no, uh, you know, sort of gel on the field when you're rotating that many players through. And that was probably the story of this season for me.
1: Mm. Well, I'll give a little bit of grace. I know that mm. Galloway was out for a bit and obviously Woods, Farrow, Maltz and a couple went out, but... Overall, for the amount of senior players they still had in that side before they were injured, their standard of football was horrible. It was. They never looked threatening in attack, and they've still got a terrible attitude in defence. Uh, well, the, the game, uh, there's one game that could punctuate uh, their season and Parramatta's season was a game at
2: Parramatta Stadium um, late in the year. I sat there watching it. It was the worst game of football I've ever sat through. Mm. Um, it was that. It was entertaining because it was that bad. Yeah. Um, it was. It just stunk. And Parramatta won that game, so that shows you where. The Tigers' low, lowest low is. Um, it's beneath Parramatta, and um, it's just that they, they probably showed enough early in the year to get themselves out of the spoon race. But I, I thought probably at the back end of the year, Parramatta were playing better
1: football than what the Tigers were. Mm. Well, I look at this, and I think pretty straightforward. It's been a horrible year. He's blooded all these kids, but I still don't know whether they'll be able to go the distance next year. I don't really see him a threat for the eight, but I reckon they could be hanging around. But I thought I thought last year they were, they
2: were on the way this year sorry they were on the way down I think next year they'll be on the way back up oh,
1: I think with the kids yeah but I they still think better. there's a lot there that need a preseason and a full year yeah. a lot of them didn't have a full year I still think they're going to struggle with the grind of it all yeah um but yeah, it's I think to...
2: realistically if they they could improve on that finish um, I think you don't want to finish in the bottom four I think that's got to be the goal for them um, and then the
1: year after it's got to be mate the day mm, but um, it's the, it's the buyers that get me there's no one there that blows my mind and the amount they've cleaned out uh, rightfully so. They've got rid of some grade. Yeah, but you know, then you can sort of, you
2: can put all that as you said, you can put all these young kids into grade. say, look, yeah. that's working, that's not, you can find somewhere else to go. Um, you know, our centres aren't working, let's go and buy some centres. Yeah, not just spend the money because you've got it. No, I think Penrith's proven that.
1: But um, they've already, they've got a backline. They've showed that. They've yeah, got a backline. But so, can that
2: backline play consistently for a whole well, year think in first grade? Exactly. That, that's,
1: that's, what, that's the question. But the kids that are there right now are outstanding. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. We're going to see this year. I'm sure they're going to struggle. Standing in 20s. Let's, let's give them a year. Well, a five. lot of them were outstanding in first grade. for yeah. Luma and Samana are the face of their ad campaign this yeah. year, so they've obviously got big hopes in them. But Yeah,
2: but not, I'm not talking so much about them. I'm talking about the other kids that are obviously going to push through. Even Brooks, he's played one first grade game. Yeah, and You need to see how he's going That's after six weeks.
1: You, they're not making the you know, They're going um, to struggle, but yeah. the boys kill me right now. People like Pat Richards, Hallatower, Corey Patterson, I don't see anything enough there <coughs> to push them back in contention, and they've stripped out a lot of old dead wood. Like Marshall, Ashford, But Dicieri. I think they're in a better cap position than what they were this time. Well, of they actually. are, but they need to identi- identify what they're going to spend on. And they definitely need to sort out the Blair I'm situation. glad they didn't just go out and rush rush and spend their cash. Anyway. Oh, well, there was no one there for them boy. anyway, but we'll leave them behind. Much, the best thing about their year was the youth, straight and simple. Uh, the Dragons, they finished in 14th. I had them very close, I thought, at the start of the year, to been the Spooners along with Para. Mm but they've still got enough good first graders in there to have got him away from that. But I don't understand why.
2: Why, why did everyone want him for the spoon? Um, I never wanted him for the spoon. I thought Parramatta were morals for the spoon. I, I, I'm surprised. I'm genuinely genuinely surprised that uh, the
1: Dragons finished this low. I'm not surprised at all. They're horrible. They've yeah, got, I, I didn't think they were a bottom four side at the did. start of the year. Dead wood, mate. Jamie Soward, <laughs> how anyone thinks that he's a good player, they're stupid. Michael Wayman's had a million injuries. Matt Cooper injury plagues, Chase Stanley uh, you know Kyle Stanley King Matt Pryor's gone off the boil since these are a lot of the guys that are getting moved on mind you but it's I, I, I stick no, it became, by it. it became fairly clear after six weeks they were going to be a bottom four well, side. Well, we've had arguments but with,
2: I, I I think good defence usually sees you out of the top four and they, they had a really good defence I don't really think they're
1: that great their best, um, their best their was they, they just made, couldn't score points they made the second most metres in the comp they offloaded the most but they had shit halves yeah you can't have bad halves Yeah, but competition. I think
2: the halves come down to poor coaching. Poor know. recruitment.
1: But you can't. You can't, you can't be can't poor coaching. Move. You can't poor coach. Poor coaching
2: is putting Nathan
1: Fien at halfback. Yeah, that's well, poor coaching. He didn't buy anyone, though. Josh, Josh Rinkwater should have played more yeah, minutes. Well, that's his fault, but they didn't have anyone else there. as well so That's what I'm saying. Uh, you can't train a 37-year-old, though, to play seven. But seriously... That's exactly what I'm saying. I'm <laughs> going back to what I've been arguing with people all year, is the Bennett win it all costs backlash. It continues. Everyone's saying, oh, it's not... They, didn't, they did prepare for it. They didn't prepare for it. No, they didn't. They wanted a comp. They got the comp, and they knew, as always happens, he turns up, he brings his band of lackeys, he brought Smith, he brought Boyd and but I think he's done them
2: a favour, buying those guys. And they've, yeah, but they all left. They're yeah. gone,
1: and they've moved on. That's what I'm trying like to this, get at. This before. year was
2: probably the year that they were going to have. You always have a down year after an up year, I suppose, unless you can keep the majority of that squad. But I think they've bought well.
1: They've bought better than you know the guys going out. Yeah, but I'm just saying, but this, those players weren't gone just last year. They'd moved on the first year. Yeah. They were gone. But what I'm saying, they just didn't plan for it. And people that are saying, oh, they, did, I, they did plan for it, I blame that on... They didn't not plan so, for Not it. so much Bennett. They knew Bennett was going. They knew they were going to have um, Price, though. Yeah, but is it Steve Price's fault? It's not Price's fault. It's the club's fault. But I blame him for some of what he's done because his coaching decisions have been horrible. Yeah. You cannot put Fien at seven... When he's not at seven, the lack of structure, regardless of the amount of meters made and being the most offloading side. But who,
2: who, let's say, okay, we'll in the take competition, drink water out. Who would play halfback for you?
1: In that side, right there. Yeah, they didn't have anyone. Well, they, they drink
2: water. They f- if I'm Steve Fice, and I'm listening to this. I'm probably saying, "Well, who did you want me to play half there?" Well, it would have been drink Drinkwater,
1: water. but drink water, he flushed that badly that he ended up playing bloody Agar. I think he,
2: I think he, sh- he
1: shot Drinkwater's confidence. He him? did. Yeah, right. ruined I mean, it. That's. I think he'd probably even admit that. I'll Um, give him one thing. He tried to get Sam Williams earlier, but Canberra were stubborn. But I'm not putting this on this year. I'm not giving him any grace. He's had two seasons in charge to find himself players, and he hasn't done it. And I'm putting it on the Dragons, and I'm putting it on them. They didn't plan for it. He didn't plan well enough. And some of the buyers they made before this season started were just stupid. Middle of the year, they come up with a, a great one, getting Josh Dugan. More by a simple fact that he got flicked, He didn't cost them much money, and his dad's a lifelong Dragons fan. All those little things pushed him in their direction. He ended up being their their crutch to lean on besides Trent Merrin. But I'm not blaming... I can't blame anyone else but him and the club for not preparing better. Him letting Fiend play seven for a whole year. A complete lack of structure off all those metres and offloads. And you sign a guy like Beal. That was his big signing. That's just stupid. If that's your key signing... A bloke who played a bit of centre wing to try and take over at fullback and be that modern ball playing fullback when clearly he didn't really possess that in his game. And you could see the first few rounds how sideways he played when he was trying to play that sweet role. It was just, all, every decision was poor. Mm. Simple. Well, th- the thing that
2: saved their season was Josh Dugan. Mm. Um, he was great. Letting Soward go, whether that was a good move, I don't know. I reckon it was a great move. He was rubbish. But I then think. again, who would you rather, uh, Fiend
1: or Soward? I'd rather Fiend. So at least Fiend has a go. Because no. Soward has absolutely zero care factor, <laughs> anyone but himself. He's a selfish bastard. No. He took he off. You want a comp? You want a comp? He wanted a, comp, he won a comp because he had a good side around him and a forward pack that did all the work. He hid 10 metres behind the line and just potted kicks in. He did nothing. I think you. Not giving him as much credit as uh, I think he's a better footballer than Nathan Fiend. Well, he's got um, a lot and of And I think proof. that'll be proven next year at Penrith. Yeah, well, it'll be on the back of the same thing. A big forward pack doing all the dirty work and him <laughs> hiding as usual. Well, every but, halfback does that. Uh, Dugan was the spark. Um, you know, they had no centres. They've obviously pushed up Charlie Runciman, but this is another thing that's, you know, not preparing. They've had Matt Cooper there who's had some serious injuries. Dan Hunt injured. I know i just got to put it down. I thought Price should have been fired. You say who do you replace him with? I know that's all well and good, but there is plenty of young coaches floating around. Uh, I think his brand for the two years he's been there hasn't really shown that much. What well,
2: Steve Folks, the assistant there?
1: Yeah, well, they were going to they were, they were flick him as the yeah. assistants for a shake-up, but I think it's pretty obvious who needs to go. Yeah. But this this is it right now. This is his third year. It was a tough year. They've moved on Wayman, Cooper, Fiend, Pryor, a lot of dead wood. Uh, he had young blokes like Frizzell, DeBellin... Craig Garvey, Quinlan Stockwell, all these guys played really well this year. And you've got Widop and Williams. He's finally got no excuse. He's got two of the best young halves in the competition. He's got Farrell, Thompson, Mike Cooper from England. So he's got some forwards. He's got some outside backs. There's really no excuse with some of the buys he's made. I think they'll be, do they have some props? A lot better structurally. That props. props. I like Stockwell. Mm. Uh, I'm also. Is he going to dominate? You know, you put him against Warrior Hargreaves. You put him against nah, the Burgess boys. You put him against. That's the other thing, Dominantly. Cray. I've been whinging about Cray being so one-dimensional as a back row. You, you have, I thought he went well. In His the front last end. four games in the front row were all close to 200 meters. Running that line so flat on the ad line as he does, he's fantastic in there. and He's got good mobility. So is DeBellin going to be a prop? No, nah, he's probably a 13. Okay. But I like. But if, if your middle of the field is Cray DeBellin Stockwell, are you happy with that? That's pretty much what I'm looking at. I like Thompson. You've got to forget that Hunt is injured. He's going to come back. He's a workhorse. Good He's player. not really a bump player. Trent Merrin, good Trent Merrin. They've got a good forward pack. They've got good halves, and they've got two good young nines in yeah. Garvey and Rain. So I see a lot of good spots there. If that spine can gel yeah. with those two halves, what they've shown at their clubs, I think they could possibly be a dark horse for the eight, the edge of the eight.
2: Oh, definitely. But, oh, uh, I, no doubt. Yeah. I, they
1: finished lower than I expected this year. No, I thought um, they were going to be down there, but I look at the signings now. He said in his third year, for what he's brought in and for where they're at, this is it for me. If he doesn't get somewhere he sacked. If, if he's don't not make
2: the eight, they'll get sacked.
1: If he's not near the eight, at least. Or you know, in,
2: Dragons fans, they're not gone. going to cop. It doesn't matter what we think. If they're not in the eight next year, he's getting the sack.
1: Yeah, well, he'll be very Simple. close to it. But moving on, Canberra Raiders, 13th. From day one to the end, it was just an absolute disaster. Dugan first on the roof with Ferguson. Uh, he ends up gone. Ferguson's not too far behind. He shows excellent form after the drama, but can't keep himself together. Goes out and grabs someone on the you know the special parts. Jesus Christ! It just yeah, it just, was uh, a crap season. A but they beat season. the storm. They beat the Roosters early on. Uh, the Knights. They were sitting there. Easily going to make the finals, even after all that bad stuff. They were sitting there like eight and thirteen, and I was blown away, going, "Wow, they've finally got to be res- resilience, which is one thing they've had." But then Milford wants out. The injuries, like Lars barely plays. Fenson, when he went, you could definitely tell the difference. He does a lot, so much mop up work. Uh, he blocks out Sam Williams and says, "We don't need you." Kempisi brings back just a horrible attitude, so negative. And then Fernie gets a sack. McCrone struggles. It's just Sean everything. Berrigan, no. terrible. Butch Shillington was Shillington, I mean, Shillington I mean, um, people were giving Shillington a rap the other day saying he had a good season oh, he huh? was awful he was terrible and him and Cam Peasy had a lot to hold responsible for they did a lot they're of the football, leaders in that sort along with Brett White to shiv David Furner but how about you do your job on the field
2: yeah, I agree mate I, they're a basket case they're,
1: they're bordering on Parramatta well, they are. It's sort of problems at the moment. They've already, like, the the, the this trouble is what he started, though. He's because lost,
2: you can't lose elite players.
1: No, but we he's, know how hard elite players are to come across and, and keep. He's lost two, and he's probably going to lose Milford. And not only that, Stewart's come down. And then they've lost Carl. And now he's flicked Dunaman, who's the one they all loved and said he was great, and he freshened things up and they wanted him instead of Fernar. The least he could have done for his own sake is keep him as an assistant. Yeah. And he's already, in, from what I've heard, done some uh, damage with the playing group because they're very, very angry that Dunhaman's been moved on. Yeah. I'm not sure if he's picked up a job yet. I think he's looking at an assistant job at North Queensland or elsewhere, but... Yeah. Oh, he'll pick up a job. He's a good coach. I just um, can't believe it. They were a finalist threat and they just turned into an absolute shamble. Yeah. And um, the sad thing is... Well, what,
2: how some, Like, I mean... Canberra's... Canberra's uh, premiership window was with Dugan, Carney, Ferguson, you know, a fit Campese they uh, they got a monster forward pack but they've missed their premiership window. Yeah, massively cool. there. And people say, Oh, what do you always talk about Carney? It happened three or four years ago. Well, a player like that you need to keep at your club for a decade. And you're a chance of winning one, maybe two comps. You know, look at Melbourne, they you know, they've got that key group of players. It just it just comes back to holding onto them. Mm. Um, and I know Canberra hasn't hasn't played a massive part in those guys. Leaving, they're, they've most of them are falling on their own sword, and Canberra's had no other choice but to, to move them on. But um, it's just been uh, compounded, hasn't it? Uh, you know, year after year after year, um, Fern has got the sack now. Stuart comes in. Oh, I think they're on they're on the downer. They're not going to improve. I don't think. Well, the only one I can give a Who, who's coming in that's going to spark them up, no especially
1: one. if Milford goes. Their 20s, I've said it to a lot of people, that they went good this year, but there's no one there that's a breakout like that. There's some good first graders, potentially, yeah, but there's no superstars. Jack Ahern, the young fullback, fantastic player, but he's not going to turn into a Josh Dugan, $800,000 a year, New South Wales, Australian superstar. Uh, young Cornish disappointed me this year. He looked very flat after he won all those awards and become you know, the Mr. Go-To. A lot of people in the 20s knew about him this year. He didn't really seem to adjust to it. Mm. Uh, the best thing probably for them is their young center, Brinko, Edric's cousin. He's a 17-year-old monster try-scoring machine, but same again. If he comes up now at 18, is he physically ready? Yes, probably, but the skill set, the confidence, and the mindset to play NRL every week, I highly doubt it. Yeah. Well, they won just two away games.
2: Um, Sean Fenson made 61% more tackles than the nearest
1: person. Mm. And that's why I said that you, just shows when he disappeared, he's he, a spade. he is their Nathan Highmarsh. They yeah. are a lazy just predictable forward pack I talk about point of difference all the time they don't have it they have two players <coughs> that offer point of difference and that's when Fencem and Papali are in their side and even Fencem he's too busy cleaning up all the crap for everyone else and the other one
2: and the you know most telling one for me as a coach they committed more handling errors within their own half than the other team in the NRL yeah. and that'll soon get you knifed in the throat all
1: I know is they had a, a, this big bank of halves and everyone was like "Oh, I was so jealous of Canberra well guess what now Sam Williams is gone potentially Milford's gone, you're left with Campisi, Josh McCrone and Mitchell Cornish. Yeah. Cornish is unproven, McCrone's inconsistent and Campisi's well past his best. But so, I think
2: even regardless of who they've got in the, their halves, and you'll agree with this, their front row are
1: terrible. Well, the Their be, forward pack's been terrible. The only good things to come out of it is offensive's healthy. Paul Form was good this year. He was close to 100 metres. Second meters. in the medal tally. Yep, almost won their player of the year off the bench for Christ's sake. But him... Fencem, Milford and Croco were about the only three I looked at this year and said, you've had a good year. Yep. A lot of people gave Edwards some raps. but Reese oh, he... Robinson was good, but no. he also got just shivved around. Like... Yeah, well, he was the victim of the Dugan situation. Then Milford, they compensated for him to play fullback. So, mm. Robinson just ended up being a passenger. But overall, I could say as Ricky Stewart, have fun with this one because that forward pack... They seriously need to clean out the wood. Well, he's uh, got a five-year contract. Right? There's a lot of money invested in Lars and Campisi. It's time to cut them. I know they struggle to buy people, but there's got to be something out there that's younger or looking for an opportunity than some of the players they've got. And stop blowing players like bloody Sean Berrigan. Mm. You know, I look at this right here, and this is what kills me. Joel Thompson, Blake Ferguson, Sam Williams, uh, You know, these kind of blokes that should be in your side are all gone. And the only buy they've got is Luggy said to who could barely get run at the storm. Yeah. So if that's the standard, and the Storms
2: forward pack was hardly world breaking this year. You know? No,
1: if it was the best for, uh, forward pack in the comp, it sort of go. Oh, okay, he, he might go all right. But uh, you know, mm. back to the normal as far as that's concerned, they've let a lot of quality go and they've ended up with the raw end of the stick. Yeah. So terrible year. I don't know where these superstars are coming from, but Ricky Stewart, have fun, champ. Mm. But uh, that's the first four teams we've done the review for. So we'll have a quick break and we'll come back and keep going. For all the latest rugby league gear, head into Leagues and Legends, now based at Shell Harbour, Mount Druitt Westfield, and Campbelltown Mall Store. Or check them out online at www.nrlstore.com.au. For fifth and last listeners, you can receive free delivery on any 2013 adult NRL jersey. Be quick, jersey selling fast. Remember, www.nrlstore.com.au. Leagues and Legends. Straight back into it 12th place this year Was the Brisbane Broncos And uh, I think the only way To sum this up Is that they were just Always off the pace From day one No halves No halves um,
2: Struggled in the fullback position Struggled at the hooker position Well the uh, spine, spine was, was terrible spine um,
1: The only part of that spine That was stable Was McCulloch And once again Come back to it, Bad coaching decisions He wasn't playing enough minutes Yeah um, Sharing um, time With bloody right bets right, huh?
2: Corey Parker um, and Justin Hodges. <clears throat> yeah, I thought
1: that, I thought Maguire yeah. was good once he was healthy. He had some injury problems, but at the back end of the year... I just and, thought
2: they were, they were two standouts by a mile. The rest were either injured or out of form. Well, Hoffman <clears throat> had a good
1: year, considering he got pushed around everywhere. You can't really blame him for ending up on I'm the I'm not play. blaming
2: him. I'm just saying they're the two players
1: I thought had good seasons, the rest. Yeah. But I look at it simply this way. It is the spine. I'm with you there. They've got the forwards, uh, the backs. I was, you know, With Hoffman and Hodges and Reed. you've got buddy international players there you bring Barber and potentially Milford along I'm still looking at the halves though going well who's going there mm. is Milford going there is Barber going there who's going there and they reckon Hunt's going to be the 7 his last few games were okay but I'm still not looking again next year at their halves and saying they're going to win your comp Yeah, and uh, that, that was the big problem this year so and health the health of Justin Hodges once he went down they just do the same thing they, he was their crutch and then after that Matt Gillette become the clutch
2: well what about all Brisbane halves uh, and fullbacks only delivered 11 tries this season.
1: It was horrible. And no, no offensive produ- productivity, and that, that killed you. Peter um, Wallace was you know, ordinary. Yeah. He's been given the flick. Corey Norman, for some reason, he pushed him at fullback, and he obviously wasn't a fullback. Uh, you know, Ben Hunt was okay at the end, but Scott Prince, he's old. He's a bit fragile. He didn't really want to take on the line. He's not the player he was. He was pretty ordinary. And how he ever made McCulloch share time, he pretty much shredded his confidence. His best football came at the end of the year when he had a friend pass away and he was finally reinstated almost playing a full game. It showed again. Yeah. Just little decisions there by Anthony Griffin that seemed to just
2: absolutely... He's in a very similar position to um, Steve Price. This oh. is it for him now. And uh, if he fails... This year, I think you'll see um, Kevin Walters come in and coach.
1: Well, if they can seal the deal with Milford and get him and Barber on board and wait for Hodges and Reed to be healthy, I think they've got a pretty good side along with uh, Oates and he has to play McCulloch a bit more and keep that as the core group. And they've got Martin Kennedy coming, so they've got another big bopper, which is a position I thought they needed probably one more of. But my main issue is that back row. I thought Sam Thayde was ordinary this year. And, oh, he was. Uh, he was all, his, his best football was in the origin. And I just look at it and think, you can't juggle all those guys. One of them can't be on the bench. You can't have Glenn or a Gillette. They've got to find a way to fit them in. And I'm happy if Justin Hodges is out, if, if it's got to be Gillette probably, I think, to play in the centres. Well, why can't you just move Thigh up to the front row? Well, he doesn't. He was horrible in the front stick row. Him. What happens to Hennett and bloody Maguire? Maguire is a 65-minute player. You're telling me you play Thigh over Maguire? No. Well, they need to get those guys on the field. All right, Gillette's not a centre. Well, the effectiveness of Maguire, he's not going off. He's, you know, he's you're the... trying to
2: fix your offensive productivity. How you do that isn't by putting a back row in the centre.
1: Well, he was a centre to start with. I'm just saying, at the start Maybe of the or... year, you're telling me that he's not there, that you're going to bench one of those guys instead of fitting him in somewhere.
2: Uh, well, Glenn's it depends. Played... It depends what your rotation is. You know, he can still not start the game and play 60 minutes.
1: I still can't be rolling those guys off the bench. If I'm start of the year, if I'm without Hodges... I have to play Gillette or Glenn there and I'm having the back row loaded up and I have Maguire yeah. in the front row with Hennett and I've Kennedy as the well, rotation Who should be in front row about Kennedy yeah. He's too slow to be
2: your starter Doesn't explain me Maguire has to be the starter. I think it's been proven that the teams that win the competition have impact off the bench um and if you've got that you know if you've got that sort of bench you don't have it um yeah, but if you I you get- figure it's just it's just We'll discuss this more in the season preview, obviously, when we've got a better idea on what their squad's going to be. We'll have some trial results and things like that. But um, they missed more tackles than any team in the NRL this year. They, yeah, their
1: forward pack was awful, apart from Corey Parker. But they were 2-8 and eight during the origin period. Just, But they, you would have expected that. <clears throat> you would have expected it, but it's just horrible. Lots of pressure. Key positions are ordinary, and the simple way to sum it up before we move on is the coaches, on notice. Mm. There's a lot of Brisbane fans that aren't happy. It's the worst season I think they've ever had. A lot, of players, close to it. a lot of players aren't happy. A lot of ex-players, everyone that's been there. So his head will roll this year if things don't get better. Yeah. It's uh, 11th place, and this is one that just kills me. The New Zealand Warriors, just a typical season by them. They get thrashed round one. Uh, they got destroyed 62-6 by the Panthers. Um I don't know what else to put it down to. Bar they were all sitting there whinging and whining about Matt Elliott. We don't want Matt Elliott. They were going bad. The moment they got over it and actually had a go, they went on a rampage. They beat Manly, the Storm, the Roosters, and only just lost <coughs> to the Rabbitohs. But at the end of the year, after all this good work, again because of the terrible start, as soon as it mattered, then they needed to beat a side like Penrith or the Dragons, who don't get me wrong, Penrith are pretty good, but the Dragons are ordinary, to make the finals, they can't muster it up, and I, I just don't get. Yeah, you can knock the top teams, and then when you need to do the job on average teams, they just couldn't get the job. Yeah, done. but
2: to be fair, they didn't deserve to make the finals.
1: They well, started the season they should two and the eight.
2: The finals that side, but I, that's what I hate about this competition: two and like two and eight, and you can still make the finals. Well, tell me, the Cowboys deserve to make the finals? Well, they didn't. Exactly, they didn't. They, so, they. It's yeah. That's I, the NRL, though. But it's it's uneven as well because not everyone plays everyone twice. <laughs> so you can you get teams at lucky times, and you know with the amount of teams that could almost make the eight with two or three weeks to go I guess it's great for the fans it's great for the interest in the game but um, it is a bit of a, a bit of potluck come the end of the year and um, for me I don't think that they deserve to make the eight um, and I think Matty Elite probably deserves a rap for the way they finish the year because to start two and ten um, and then to turn that around and finish almost opposite that for the back end of the year um, was a pretty good result I know they couldn't close the deal at the end of the year but um, I didn't really see them having impact they, they can't they couldn't string together four consistent weeks of football in the finals anyway they weren't going to win the comp um, but you know I understand what you're saying in terms of it's, it's probably a, a, uh, a disappointing season uh, they underachieved yes um, but we're used to seeing this aren't we they, they have a flash in the pan season once every two three years yeah, just, just get okay. us all excited and then have expectations the next year sack their coach and you know, we're back to square one again, so...
1: Well, Kevin Locke, you know, Conrad Hurrell, they got Lamarpe in. They brought Dane Nielsen, who's an origin player. you got Manu, Johnson, Lulawai. They've got pretty much 10 players out of the bloody New Zealand side. The back row on the forward pack, it was all there, but this is what kills me probably at the end, <clears throat> is that people were blaming Johnson. Johnson had a good year. I, think I thought they half a good year. If you're going to block anyone out in this situation, it's the forward pack. hmm I thought, besides Mannering, who you know plays on an edge, so he doesn't really get in there and give too much punch. I thought the the front row rotation up until the end of the year when they had that little streak was pretty ordinary. I don't well, think... How did you rate Lulua's season? I thought he was. I thought good. was solid. Mm. But I look at blokes like Russell Packer, is something I got a four year deal at Newcastle. The best thing he did is piss his pants on the field. He just shot me down. I thought Madalino off the bench looked disinterested. Looked, I thought he looked injured. He wanted to start, I think. He just never looked like happy about it. I think he thought he was going to get that chance. Uh, Matagi come in and had a good go at the end, but it was more the start of the year. I don't know, people, they lost yeah. the Lousy brothers early and Rapati, but I don't know how anyone can whinge about that. He shouldn't be playing first grade anymore. Ben Henry was out for a long time, but they're forwards. It's simple as that. Uh, I think Fletcher Mateo, again, had a little flash for a few weeks. I thought he was disappointing. Yeah. Um, Elijah Taylor, I thought, and Simon Mannering were probably their best too. Yeah. But I agree with that. Rapiers, both the repairers were injured, and when they were there, they weren't great. Uh, Lilyman was injured for part of the year. When he was there, he was okay for a streak. But for Sean Johnson, I don't know how anyone can point your finger because that was easily most consistent no, season. No, he was great. Him and Lulu were great. But that, I thought he, probably
2: his first four weeks stunk.
1: Sean Johnson. Yeah, but he, he started he, the season. How slow. bad were the four? The, the,
2: the, the side was crap as well. Yeah, but after that, like his last twenty games were sensational. But even those you know, last, and he, he could possibly go on and. Be a really big factor along with Sonny Bill Williams in winning um, New Zealand the
1: World Cup. Well everyone said he was bad but his productivity, I know a lot of people don't like numbers, I, I think numbers speak in volumes, especially if you're a halfback he was only a couple of assists behind you know, players like Cronk and Thurston he scored ten tries compared to those two scoring one and three. That's the thing. And his line break assists and line breaks because of his running game, he was probably more productive as far as attacking. Players. I always
2: see graphs come up with Sean Johnson, and you know he's always you know four or five below your Cronk or your Thurston or you know whoever. You got to think the tries and the rest. He of scores are. tries. He scored ten. So he's like a bloody fullback when he picks a ball up. If he's in clear space and he picks a ball up, he's scoring. And this is any support play is similar to James Maloney. Yeah. The two best support players in the comp are. Johnson and Maloney in my opinion mm. um, because if someone breaks through, a Ford breaks through, you know they're going to be hooning down the middle of the field. Yeah, and
1: defensively this year as well, he made a couple of plays he where he used up. his legs, so how, anyone can sit here and say that he had a bad year, you're kidding yourself, he was probably, in <laughs> my eyes pretty much their best player, the most consistent He's maturing
2: player. as a player, you want to see that improvement again next year and, um, you know, th- then they're going to have an elite half and with an elite half usually comes premiership success so mm. the forward pack, as you said, has got a you know, improve around him.
1: But they've done well in the 20s again. Uh, they've got another two young, good kids that are moving up in. Young Ray Faitella Marino, he's a back rower, and Albert Vette, a front rower, so they never run out of forwards. I think it was a great time to finally split ways with Russell Packer. He's been terrible. Mm-hmm. Steve Rapier has been moved on, he's been too injury prone. Lowry's gone to the Broncos, he was, had some family issues. Yeah. The only real loss, I suppose, for them coming out of this year is Elijah Taylor. I thought he was outstanding. Uh, one thing I don't think a lot of people pick up is he made 55, 58 tackles, some totals that I didn't even recognise. Yeah. He's that real guy that's around the legs or in there that you don't really see, but can hit a hole. That's a great game for Penrith, and as far as what's coming in, you know, in my opinion, I'm not really happy about this whole Sam Tompkins uh, deal. If he does well, well, then good on him, but I don't know how you could put so much faith on an unknown quantity who's never played well, in my eyes, against Australia or New Zealand. To come here, yeah, the World Cup's going to tell you that. I mean, he's uh,
2: his team won the competition over in England. Um, yeah, well, the Warriors they won the competition. The Super League is
1: a massive step. I understand under the NRL.
2: that. I understand that. Um, but it, the proof's going to be in the pudding. He's got to shut up and perform. Mm. Um, it's all easy to talk before you you sign a contract. Um, you'd like to see him play well against Australia. It's you know it's only two weeks away now. We're going to be able to see how he goes in that game. Um, but there are other boys. I mean,
1: Bakuya and Townsend, they're solid boys. Yeah, well, Bakuya plugs that hole straight away for Taylor. Like I said, they did well in the 20s, so they've got some good kids coming through again. And Townsend's a great option if you do want you know something else for Lulua. Maybe playing at nine. I know friends staying on board. But if they do decide to head in that kind of direction, uh, I don't think the boys are too bad for the losses. So yeah. my only thing is the Kevin Locke. I think Kevin Locke and Sean Johnson almost have that Matt Bowen, Jonathan Thurston type chemistry when things are on. They seem to find each other or they work well together. Uh, Yeah, um, I think... For me,
2: I think Kevin Locke's been disappointing.
1: I thought he had a pretty good year last year, considering he has the hip problem and the back problem. I thought he's... When he was healthy, finally, he was pretty good. I can understand why they've gone for
2: Sam Tompkins. He... he, You know, you hear Burgess and James Graham and these guys rave about Sam Tompkins. Um, He may be a a bust. I'm not saying he's going to be good. Um, But I think... After the Warriors made the grand final in, uh, in 2011 and then uh, Kevin Locke's last two seasons, I I can sort of see why they're looking elsewhere. I, I think they're probably only a full-back and maybe a hooker away
1: from uh, being a genuine top four in Premiership threat. Well, my simple issue is I don't bow to someone from overseas for... Well, they
2: bowed to him. I well, they, they did
1: price-wise, him. I think. You, no one else is willing to pay besides the Warriors, and I don't think that you could make those kind of demands from the other side of the world when you haven't proven it internationally and you haven't ever played in the NRL. Yeah, international. Really. He may come here and he may kill it. Good on him. But if he was ever going to prove, like Ellis and all these guys did that come out here, that he was half but decent. But if he didn't come here, you'd be whinging he didn't come here. So well, he yeah. should
2: shut up and you should come and play in the NRL. Like, it's damned if you do, damned if you don't. He's here now. No, he's he, going to play in the I'm NRL. i happy that he's here, but I just,
1: um, I don't, I'm not happy with the circumstances. I don't know how they bowed to this price tag.
0: If he proves
1: me wrong, good on him. But how anyone decided to pay this much for him especially the way he's been running his mouth. I hope he backs it up. That's Mm. one thing. But uh, the Panthers, 10th place this year. uh, They had a great year. They were just short of making the finals. And realistically, it was a game during the origin period where they lost to the Tigers when they shouldn't have Mm. uh, that cost them that spot. But uh, people whinged about the Jennings, Lewis, and Gordon being gone. That's not their fault. Uh, If you don't understand the situation, which most people don't because they don't look into it enough, Heavily back-ended deals set up by Matt Elliott, which was going to leave them in a position in the future to only be able to field fifteen or sixteen players. Well, of, this of the twenty side,
2: this twenty side that's just won the comp, if those deals were honoured, they'd be walk, all walking out the door. Well, they wouldn't have money. They wouldn't have enough
1: money to keep half the guys that debuted this year. Either that, or that whole twenty squad will be playing first grade next year. Mm, but people, um, people were thinking that the, they were going to get the spoon, but. Wow, some of the, you know... What a crock that was. Some of the fines, and even with all the injuries they had, they you know, Coot was out for an extended period, McKendry, Tim Grant was out, Plum, <laughs> Mansoor missed most of the start of the year, Matt Robinson broke his neck, Manu had hand injuries twice, Tom Humble. They had some really significant injuries, but... Well, the only team to use more players than them was uh, the Tigers. Yeah, well, there was three teams locked in on 30, which was second most, but mm. good on Penrith. They built really well, especially around... Uh, you know, players that they bought. You know, Seguiara was an absolute weapon off the bench. Him in Kingston, a great combination. Moylan coming in really showed some flash. And Vare really packed the punch in that centre position defensively, blocked that in, as well as forming a great connection uh, with the Kiwi boys on that side and David Simmons. him and They both got a synergy. And then you look at a bloke like Isaac John, who'd come back on a sniff of an oily rag. And a lot of people looked at and said, oh, he played a couple of games in 2010. He must be a nobody, but... My God! All those positions that they filled—Brown, uh, Manu, all of them—they all did really, really well. No, they did! Um, I
2: said it before the year; I predicted them to make the eight. Um, it was probably a bit ambitious, uh, but I, I don't—I don't take it back. I—I I generally think they—they they could have made the eight. Um, well, they should have. They were in that pack of, uh, yeah, yeah, six or so teams with you know four rounds to go that could have easily fallen into the eight. Um, Oh, they, they're probably they're probably one or two um, key players or um, you know higher ended first graders away from making the eight. They're going to get them this year. Um, they're also going to have a lot of kids push through. The thing that I like about this year, it would have been easy to push, you know, Bryce Cartwright, Whatteinsa Lesniak, Campbell Gillard, all these guys into the first grade. They didn't do it. Um, and at stages there, whether that was because of the second tier salary cap or. Whether that was just because they're trying to nurture these guys and develop them, um, ir- irrespective of that, I think it was a really smart decision in the long-term development of these players. Um, well, they did it in the right way by just moving them into cup football first. That's right, um, but it, that doesn't cost you anything on the salary cap either. No, uh, but really they get some the taste move. for adults, you know. They uh, rotated them in, rotated them out, um, you know, put them back into New South Wales. Uh, sorry, into Holden Cup with you know two or three weeks to go. They ended up winning that competition, even though they. Fell over the line in the end, but they led that game by 30 points. It just shows you the the type of squad that Penrith got there at the moment in the 20s. Um, you know, and you go all the way down to the 16s and the 18s, which I've got some involvement in. They both had tremendous seasons as well. So the club from top to bottom at the moment is chock full. Um, the plan is working, uh, but it needs to again be consolidated next year, and and that'll be the goal um, once we all start again in in November. Yeah. Um, I mean. The worst performed team in the club was the NRL, but I think everyone would agree they were the best performed team um, in terms of where we expected them to finish and where they did finish.
1: Mm. No superstars, but great plan of football and a great style. That I think he's a great coach. Ivan's but, brought he mm. brought the best out of some players like your Dockers and your Robinsons and people that were unknown quantities. Uh, they played error-free football. They were very good with the pill this year, which has been a problem in the, fast, uh, the past. They had great go-forward which I thought John and even Walsh had probably his best season on the back of it. But um, probably their only issue this year was they were 15th in missed tackles. They were the only team worse was but the Broncos. Oh, I think
2: they're, they're a bit small. They look small this year. I B- do not think so. Not with uh, Grant
1: McKendry when they were... Small halves. Were, small yeah, hooker. Yeah, but everyone's got halves that are vulnerable. I thought uh, they were one of the bigger players. I think
2: Docker is little. Yeah, but he oh, he smashes people.
1: So just but just
2: little I, I thought it was a really um, I think fitness
1: was more an issue with having those bigger guys they get uh, pulled apart some, like, people like Tim Grant and McKendry aren't the best lateral moves and Luke Walsh he, he with his handbag that's why he's moved on but I, I can't blame it on anything else more than that but they've definitely overachieved they've got some fantastic players that they've bought uh, they've bought well again and probably less than the buyers uh, is you know not so much what I'm looking at in this situation but I'm more excited to have a look at, hopefully, the younger players such as you know the Elijah Taylors coming over into this system, Tyrone Peachy. I know they've got Seard, Wallace and you know Nguimer and a couple of others, but those two younger Kevin blokes, a good boy. <coughs> those two younger blokes to go along with, hopefully, Dallin, uh, Bryce Cartwright, if we get to see him this year. I, I, I don't, I don't know whether Dallin will play first grade. I don't know um, about Dallin. We'll see. Cause there's no, a million Bryce Cartwright line. will. There's a million um, backline players. No there's a million backs right now. But I'd have to think that probably Campbell Gillard maybe Cartwright would get a look in at some point. Yeah, They need another front row. I know Kite's there and that kind of mentoring role, similar to what uh, Clint Newton was doing. But if there's an injury to one of those front rowers, you'd have to think that Campbell Gillard would be a real...
2: I, I really hope that um, Cartwright probably plays you know, maybe six games of first grade. I hope they don't have to use him for the whole year. I hope it's another... Let's just you know, ease him into it. Because I think if if we can just give him a sniff this year... And then give him a full season the year after. Look out. Mm. Um, well, the, the loss you've seen, you can break. You can break players um, that you push up to a, too quickly. Um, probably not so much physically, but mentally, you can break their confidence. So, I think they're in a really good position. But just hopefully, Penrith don't get as many injuries as what they did this year um, in
1: 2014. Mm. <laughs> well, great year, great players coming through, and uh, the future's looking bright. But now into the ninth place Titans. <coughs> uh, the only way I can sum this up is: should have, could have, would have, but didn't. Um, they had great young halves, I know Kelly was an unknown at the start of the year but that worked uh, they've got an origin Ford pack they bought David Taylor on top of that they've got you know just monsters everywhere, a lot of quality a good young nine in Shrama, I know he was injured for a bit but you know Faloon was good but your main issue I suppose and the only weakness I really saw was probably one centre short but just, Losing
2: Jamal Idris, yeah, he's well, the one you can circle. That, that too, but getting smashed by the Knights on that same day—that was probably the turning point in our had, season. They need another centre and they need better depth, and it shows. It's just, it was just crap, mate. Like they get nobody. It seems needs- like the Titans need um, everyone to write them off for them to come good. Because whenever um, anyone says, "Oh, aren't the Titans going good?" they fall in a heap. As soon as people start saying, "Well, their season's over," they, you know, they pull up. Off some amazing um, upsets this year, it well, turns really, when you didn't
1: expect them. I don't to. look at some of them as upsets though. The side they have, they shouldn't be called upsets. They, well, they were upsets
2: the... when they're thirteen to one on the TAB Well, they should be doing better full stop. They yeah, I agree. Um, I think Neil Henry coming in uh, is a huge positive. Um, I'm, I'm still, I still don't know how John Carter kept his job. Um, you know, we haven't made the final since making a preliminary final in 2010. Um, you know, we won the Wooden Spoon in 2011. Uh, you know, and then 2012, 2013 have been uh, probably very, very similar seasons, and just I don't see any improvement out of um, the majority of the players there. I think they're making the same mistakes as what they were making the season before. Uh, I just, yeah, it's it's a tough one, tough one, eh? because having an involvement at Penrith and then watching the Titans and sort of supporting both sides, you just you look at. Um, you know where some of the players from Penrith are at the start of the year and then at the end of the year. and You look at the Titans squad and um, they're in similar similar yeah. positions. My issue
1: is, with them is their, their, <coughs> their recruitment their juniors. Their recruitment's awful. They pay overs for Idris, you pay overs for Taylor. Dave Taylor and then your junior system. Their 20s are a year. Instead of getting a good squad, I know they don't really have many locals up there, but instead of like headhunting... Well, enough, it, enough, if, enough locals to for a Queensland team to win the um, Gero Cup this year. I'd... Well, instead of, though, headhunting mm-hmm. specifically a smaller and better squad, they give out... 40 or 50 minimum contracts of small money and just get them all in there, and they just seem to rotate through all of them during the year. Yeah. And they all get hurt or they're not up to the standard, and it just seems to be the same thing over and over with a new coach, and whoever they get in there, they cram 40 or 50 blokes in there, and the same result happens. So uh, they've bought a couple of younger blokes, which is more what I was saying to you. I thought they should have been doing, stealing some juniors, seeing as they don't have as many. So Christian Hazard is a good young half from the Rabbitohs, but again, why half when you've got two young blokes? Uh, Paul Carter good young forward from the Bulldogs but again another back row. why do you need another back role for mm. you got a thousand of them but. now Licky Licky from the Knights who used to be at the Warriors I've heard some things more so in the fact that he struggles to pick up on uh, plays game plan structure and stuff like that hence why he hasn't been playing much first grade so he is another centre but whether he's up the standard and then Maurice Blair there's the other possible centre. He looked good in Melbourne system, but I don't know how this is going to pan it's out. it another the... bow Champion situation. Oh, well. <clears throat> he looks like gold at the Storm and will come to the Titans and look like poop. Well, it, to me, it's the centre position and it's better depth. You can't have Matt White, Minicello; these kind of guys. They're all too old. They shouldn't be well, getting paid. we so. You need to punch a couple of them out. You need to go dig out some more of these younger blokes and build a better squad because their forward pack, their halves and a couple of those back players are great. But they're probably a centre and some depth short, as far as I'm concerned, and probably a coach yeah. short of being a real contender in this competition. And uh, What else do you say about him this year? That the, the number one is probably Idris, like you said, goes down, and then Dave Taylor. Dave Taylor tricks you, as Gordon says, is his last four games. He he tricks you with a couple of big games. Yeah. But his year was just... I don't I think
2: Agencies had a great year. Um, well, he I've... was sort of hot and cold. Albert Kelly, hot and cold, obviously, he's his best performances had him right up there with the top players in the comp but,
1: uh, and then he'd sort of go cold for a couple of weeks. Oh, um, they,
2: they also, we got injuries to those guys
1: at key times as well. Kelly can't be first receiver after what I watched when he was out. Caesar looked so much better at first receiver and so much more comfortable when Kelly got back and uh, when it was the other way around. And Kelly, I know Caesar seemed quiet but he just never seemed to get the ball. Yeah, Caesar. I mean, Kelly just seems to run off and do his own thing. There was no real structure to it which is all really good but I think those roles need to change. I mean, Nate Miles was sensational again. Um, I think. Greg Bird. He, I think he,
2: yeah, Bird was good. I think it was um, close to and him. And the one, the one at the end of the year, Ryan James, about time he played that sort of footy. Um, hopefully we can he can start the year like that. Um, that'll really give us some you know, a boost in the front row, which is what we need. Um, whether Luke Bailey's going to be able to come back and play uh, at NRL standard after that Achilles injury remains to be seen. Luke Douglas has uh, been struggling as well, so... Um, there are some question marks. I think Matty Shrama has already had a season punctuated by injury after a really, really good 2012. Um, so there's some positives there, but I think the issues are what we've already discussed, yeah, just lacking centres and probably lacking um, in the coaching department. Yeah, awesome Last forwards. chance saloon in both regards. I think the Titans will be active in the player market. You know, they tried to snare Jamie Lyon at the start of this year, so they're obviously looking for a centre. Um, they've got Maurice Blair. I don't think he's going to be there solution. Hopefully you just can recover well and, and have a you know return to that form that he was showing and, and will definitely be a chance to make the eight.
1: Well they're gonna clear out more of the dead wood and yeah get onto a and a couple more first grade squad players but uh, we'll have another break now before we head into the top eight. Having trouble keeping track of all the play movements and signings in the NRL. Want to know who your team has re-signed, who they gained and who they've lost for the next season. Well, check out www.zerotackle.com for all the latest news and rumours on the NRL. zerotackle.com Alright, jumping into 8th place now it was the North Queensland Cowboys and the only way to sum them up is they shouldn't have been in this position. They should have been up there with the big boys in the top 4 but uh, they just never got going. Mm. Oh, it's,
2: It was a miracle they made the 8 in the end. Um, Thurston came good at the back end of the year so did Mango, uh, Matty Bowen but They probably struggled just to find a nine. Uh, Their front rowers were off the ball.
1: Um, Well, see, that's the one thing that I can't cop because they were the most metres per game for both of those two, and I don't know how anyone at the start of the year could say that they were both bad. They were punching out 150 apiece, game in, game out. Uh, Jonathan Thurston simply didn't live up to his million-dollar price tag. And I You thought the the front rowers were good. They were awesome. Mm. They laid the platform. There was nothing wrong with them. I don't think so. They were the most consistent. Maybe, maybe
2: in, you know, you're a, you're a uh, numbers lover. I'd much rather impact than numbers, and I just thought well, still two blokes I to play. I just thought 60 their impact minutes. wasn't as good as what it could have been. I, you know, you look at James Tarmour in Origin uh, last year compared to this year. It sort of yeah. showed me where he was at at club level. But who's Same as Matt Scott.
1: Who's helping him though? Dallas Johnson wasn't helping him. No, Gavin I mean, Cooper's not That's not. Him. You know, that's that's not. Too, you still uh, can't put the blame on the two front rowers. Nothing else was working. I think they were really. a part of the problem. I thought I mean, the
2: was nine was a massive part of the problem, um, and Thurston at the start of the year, massive part of
1: the problem. So. Yeah, at the start of the year, that was the only positive for me, was the two front rows. I thought the back row, Johnson, they all looked very predictable, very boring. Nine, yeah, was an issue. Thurston signs his million-dollar deal, just plays like an absolute pie. Uh, he, and all of a sudden, when Neil Henry gets sacked at the end of the year, he just decides to catch fire. So whether there's more... Mm. To that story, I'm not too sure, but they seemed to have certainly broke the shackles and were all very happy, smiley uh, once Neil Henry was moved on. But another thing was also the death early on of Alex Elisar. A lot of people struggled to deal with that situation. Uh, they didn't really ever seem to get over that for a few weeks there. They seemed to bit a bit of lull around the club, a lot of those younger guys that played with him. But later on in the year, yeah, you're right, number nine was probably a big issue. They had Scott Moore who flopped. Cost Jason wasn't great. Anthony Mitchell is not really a great defender. They ended up with Ray Thompson, and as soon as he seemed to take some shape in there, Cade Snowden decided to slot him in the chin and bust his jaw. So mm. that kind of fell flat for him.
2: That sort of ended their run. I thought um, they then had to go
1: and find another nine. They just
2: fixed that problem, and uh, they they got to the finals. And you know we we're bloody unlucky not to progress another week. Um, if they do progress in that situation, they who knows what would have happened. Um, but they
1: revitalised the pack a little bit as well. Like I said, players like Johnson and that it looked very flat once they got Reith Muller in a young set of legs and Well why not in there why wasn't he in there from the start? Oh, well it's typical too many old guys. They sit there. on they sit on those laurels and those guys won't help in the front rows, that's for sure. But they get Reith Muller in, he started using Lolo again. Sims got better after some game time after having massive you know, obviously fitness and issues with that broken leg. Once the younger blokes were in around that and Jonathan Thurston and Mango were back together with Thompson, everything seemed to go much better. But I think the rap for them this year has to get out their, their backs. I thought Kane Lynette and Antonio Winnerstein and Brent Tate and Graham, when he was healthy, or the two wingers that come in, Felton Alugia, yeah, their yeah. backline did so much great dirty work out of dummy half. And uh, defensively as well, I thought they were probably the standouts for the whole season was the back four. Yeah,
2: definitely. But, um, but Jonathan Thurston, I don't know. Brent care, Tate, he played... Well above what I expected him to this year. Kane
1: Lynette, very underrated. How yeah, um, he didn't play for country is a joke. You know, yeah. Joel Reddy got a look in and that for <laughs> him is just ridiculous. Mm. But um, I just look at the main thing and I will keep pointing the finger. He almost won the Dalian, but what a joke that is. Jonathan Thurston chant, you signed for a million-dollar deal, it doesn't give you the right to play five games. Yeah. If you're the number one player in the game, regardless of what's going on around you... You've got to take some accountability. You've got to dominate games. I thought his kicking game was pretty well, poor. Origin
2: 2. Origin 2 was a turning point. That was probably his best game of the mm. year to that point. Uh, and then it just rolled on from there. And um, The back end of the season, he was fantastic. Um, mm. But if he plays like that for the entire season, they probably find themselves in the top in the top four and a decent chance of making the grand final. Um, yeah. But not to be. Not to be.
1: So They go out controversially, I know. But like I said, they shouldn't have been in that position in the first place second most metres in the competition, so no problem rolling forward. Tries and line breaks, they had an abundance, but defence is probably their biggest issue. Their tackle technique is just horrible. Some of the misses rubbish, and they used 30 players as well. They had some injuries at times, but I still think they should have been up there much higher than what they were. Neil Henry gets moved on, or maybe that was just a bit of a stale fit there from all parties after a while. He's been there. Um, You know, that's probably a good thing that they've all parted ways, but Paul Green bit of an unknown. I'm not 100% sure about how this situation is going to work out after watching the way he's 20 side played but I suppose only time is going to tell what kind of coach he is. He's well got, they bloody did their research anyway. It took him forever to name a coach. They've still got a pretty good squad so I don't really think he's got any excuse to miss the eight next year. No. He's still got a very good side there. Well that's their
2: edict isn't it? I mean we need someone to take
1: us to the next level so obviously the level they're
2: at is finals. He's, you know, they're looking for top four and a premiership. Well,
1: you look at it realistically, again, the only real thing they need to fix, they've got the back line. Even though Brent Tate is a bit older, he's still playing well. They've got the half. <laughs> Louie's definitely the great balance for Thurston, but it's probably that nine position. They've already found a replacement for Dallas Johnson. They've had a couple of kids blood themselves up last year. Tamalolo is getting more mature. I think a lot of people forget he's only just about to turn 20. Mm. So it's all there again realistically, it's more getting that nine position right and keeping everyone healthy, Mm. like Tarek Sims and those kind of blokes, so you've got that impact. But, yeah, Paul Green's got it all there for him, so we'll have to wait and see what happens with the North Queensland Cowboys. Yeah, exactly. On to seventh place, though, and the Bulldogs, they end up finishing sixth in the regular season, got eliminated first week by the seventh place, Newcastle Knights, but uh, after a poor year, I think sixth is a very good finish for them considering the brand of football they played. I thought it was a terrible, 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 terrible season for the Bulldogs. It was, but they still <clears> finished <throat> six, which is, just shows you yeah, what they I, could be if they would have pulled it together with that forward pack. I and thought the bottom 12 teams, outside of the top four,
2: um, there was a massive gap you know, between those teams. and um, Yeah, I sort of thought from even after a month that the, one of those top four teams was going to win the Premiership, and uh, there was a clear gap between the rest of them. and uh, There was only one real team that sort of come up and bit anyone on the backside, and that was Newcastle. But outside of that, no one no one surprised me. And uh, The Bulldogs, I, I really expected. I thought coming into the finals, they were the team that could have possibly, if they found their best form, um, made a run at, at those teams, but wasn't to be. And I think a lot of it wasn't so much on the field, it was what happened off the field, and it started early, early doors for the Dogs.
1: Uh, well, the Barber issues were the big thing. Uh, You know, supposed team riffs, things going in the background, players cheating with other players' misses and wanting people gone. And a lot of people said that Daz Hasler, you know, had some issues of his own and he wanted Barber gone earlier. But all that we will never know. Nothing's ever been said or revealed maybe in next year or the year after as time gets away and things might come out slowly but surely. But, um, you know, it all just seemed to have got worse. The Barber situation, they were playing nowhere near the brand of football Graham was out uh, I think a lot of people forget that Cassiano and Pritchard missed the start of the year as well with injuries and never seemed to be healthy or on the field that uh, you know Pritchard got suspended and we had some time off and Cassiano never be about to get himself back on the field but uh, Greenberg he pulled the plug as well took off to do that well, role he, yeah he got a promotion so oh, I know he got a promotion but going. slowly you can't say that disengagement isn't part of the whole situation as well. there's a lot more to this whole situation. Yeah, but what we know and what's true
2: and what's not true, who cares? Like, obviously, there's something that went on there. Um, the club wasn't as bubbly, happy self that it was, uh, you know, even six months earlier um, when they, you know, fell just one win short and, well, six points short of a Premiership, um, over the over the storm. Um, but, you know, they, they fell short of where I expected them to be. At the start of the year, they were the team. Um, you know, everyone. Everyone had them penciled in as a team to beat, um, but it didn't come through.
1: Nah, obviously not, but I think as well as the issues, the style of play, and this is what kills me, is Dez Hasler. He's supposed to be the super coach. He's supposed to be Bellamy, Maguire, Bennett kind of level. Nothing changed in the game plan. It was the exact same shit all over again. This sideways, Ben Barb, I'm going to cut to the outside and drag a number off Cassiano. I know Cassiano wasn't there and they had Graham and Tolman, but the exact same replica just continue to happen. Instead of laying that platform and then maybe shifting, they just tried that play too often. Can't teach an old dog new tricks, maybe. Well, mate, if he's supposed to be the coach that he is and what we've seen previous years, he didn't really add anything new this year. No, no. He didn't adjust to the situation with Barber. And the same as the forward pack with those blokes missing, they should have played probably a little more 2 tip directly at the line and getting over the ad line instead of trying to play so sideways all the time and get those short passes out wide. But it affected everyone. Barber interrupted the forwards and that interrupted Josh Morris who had an absolutely horrible season in the outside backs. Everyone seemed to have got the knock-on effect of him not being there at the back. Well, Barber just wasn't there. Well, the Dalian It's like player, taking a simply. Dalian player of the year
2: out. You take Cooper Cronk out of Melbourne um, and, you know, they, they'd have similar problems, probably worse problems than what the Bulldogs encountered. So, I, I don't sort of point the finger too much at Des Hasler. There's only so much he can do as a coach and, um you know, I think a lot of the stuff that happened was beyond his control. Uh, how it was dealt with, that'll all come out in the wash. We don't know you know, who, who said what and who suggested what, um, but it was pretty clear that uh, different factions within the Bulldogs didn't agree um, on the punishments that were handed out to different players for stuff that you know we don't even know about. So it's all speculation, but um, obviously it had an effect on their season. It's probably the reason they finished down low. You lose a Dallion player... Um, and then obviously players that were playing well the year before um, struggled this year fairly Mm. simple Uh, you know the guys that were breaking out at the back end of 2012 and you know guys like Chris and and Josh Jackson guys like that Cassiano as you said they they had uh, well not bad season but they definitely weren't as good as what they were told So well, I either. think you
1: can say Cassiano had a bad season he was horrible even though he wasn't healthy got injured. From, yeah yeah. but when he was back he, he found himself doing a bit of grub he got suspended Well, who's your, who were your best two players for the dogs oh, I think probably Josh Reynolds and Trent Hodkinson I, think I part, thought Graham Tolman for me. I thought the halves and I was going to say if you want to talk about the forward, for the forwards it's easily Graham and Tolman and the other night when I saw that Graham got the award for their best player, I thought Tolman's a bit hard done by. He got the coaches award, which is justified. But I really think, uh, despite the games that Graham missed, I thought Tolman was the rock, realistically, in that side game in, game out. Yeah. And big improvements to Dale Finucane when he got more game time this year. Well, he outshone Jackson this year. So. Oh, big time. But, uh, you know, Reynolds, the halves, those couple of forwards are really good. Interested to see what happens next year because not too much changes. They lost a little bit of depth. Uh, bringing in a couple of squad players. And uh, the fullback situation, Ben Barber's gone. Who takes that job is yet to be seen. Do they persist with Josh Morris? Does the young fullback from the 20s, Patrick Taverman come up? Not too sure, but that was very key in their premiership run, so it'll be very interesting to see what happens with the fullback situation. But now onto sixth place, the Sharks. They finished fifth in the regular season. Got knocked out in a very, very tight encounter with Manly to get in that preliminary final. You thought they were there with the poor gallon try, but it wasn't to be. They got the piece of luck the week before with the seventh tackle situation, but Johnny Morris undid the good work and they kind of had a bit of the reverse. The old sporting karma came back and bit him on the arse in that game. Mm. Oh,
2: after the way that... Uh, <clears throat> or the cloud that hung over their head in the Asada situation for the whole season, um, they've done remarkably well to finish in the eight um, and then win a final. Uh, really good effort. Um, could they have won that game against Manly? Yeah, they probably they probably could have, um, but you know that's that's finals footy. Uh, they finished a week ahead of uh, where they finished last season, so uh, I guess onwards and upwards for the Sharks. But uh, I think next year is going to be the year for them. They they need to finish top four and um, challenge for
1: a comp. Mm. Well, like you said, Asada, the lack of being able to get sponsors, uh, the hiring and firing of staff and a CEO and the ins and the outs. The interview situation, but just wow, great resilience. Uh, led really well from the front by Coach Flanagan and you know senior players like Paul Gallen and the yeah. emergence, the emergence of the you know a young bloke by the name of Andrew Fafita. Just oh, what a year! Absolutely ridiculous year for him. But good buying as well. Lewis Gordon, Bo Ryan, Heinington, all those guys came in. They fitted in well. Carney was obviously the X factor along with Gordon, but I think. They're a bit like your mob, they've got a lot of good parts about their side, but they're a centre short and probably a hooker short of amount of titles. Probably two centres short. Well they're um, two centres short, but they've got, you know, with that awesome forward pack with him at the Gordon at the back. They're missing a hooker. I think Fecky man. and Ryan, well, that's what I just said, mm-hmm. centres and a nine are the situation that needs to be resurrected. Uh, I think De Goyce, another half as well. I don't think they can win a comp with Robson there. I think they could if they had a nine to help out with that spine. He's very stable, but if you were gonna solve that situation they should have kept Towns in, but they didn't. Yeah, so, well, I agree, but uh, well, yeah, remains to be seen. Young uh, Panani Malini that you watched in the New South Wales Cup, he's a six, I think he's pretty good, but uh, at the same time, out of him and Townsend, I probably would have preferred Townsend, mm. but uh, you know, look at that situation, but... We did the job in the second week when um, Carney didn't play, so... Yeah, well... Uh, your issue is pretty straightforward here. It's a forward dominated side, but Andrew Fafita cannot be your top try scorer if you're going to win the call.
2: No, we said that at the start of the year. We both said that the centres was the biggest concern, and it ended up proving correct. Um, again, offensive productivity is an issue. And, uh, you know, if you're going to go with, you know, you know especially the Roosters, and I know they, they beat the Roosters at Shark Park um, in probably one of the their most offensive productive days, but they're going to need that consistently to. Um, win the competition, or they're they're going to have to finish in the finals and then have a you know, flash in the pan four weeks where they produce some offense. Mm. Um, because with the sharks, I don't think a lot of teams are scared of playing the sharks because you you know that you're going to be in the game, um, and you know if you can produce enough points, you're going to play some under some pressure. So uh, you just saw in that game against Manly, they they sort of hung around Cronulla, but just lacked that killer, you know, the, the killer punch when it, when it. The pressure goes on. So um, Whereas Manly and, and you know top four sides have that, Cronulla are just a step off the pace
1: at the moment. Yeah, you look at the situation with injuries this year as well. I think Paul Gallen needed to sort himself out. He got a couple of suspensions. He had some time injured. I think he missed 10 games, which is a lot for him. Uh, Lewis, not as many as he usually did, but Graham, for he got some injuries during the back end, and they can't afford that. But your number one is obviously Todd Carney. Whenever he misses games, they struggled. Yeah. And uh, that situation, again, like you said, with him not there or some of those forwards missing, they seem to deflate fairly easily. But they most definitely need to get some centres. They need to get a nine in there. Uh, I think their window is getting closer to closing, especially with an ageing uh, senior players. Mm. But far- I, I think I think there'll be a few teams that will overtake them next year. Yeah, well, as far as losses, they've you know, Peachy <laughs> was a big one. I think he's one you wanted to keep around. Same as Townsend, but Ben Ross, for a couple of those blokes move on. That's not really any big loss. They've got a massively stacked forward pack. So, yeah. uh, you know, Ashford I don't really think is going to well, be... they're going to need him to be a superstar next year. He's going to need to be like he was at the Tigers, <laughs> that yeah. show that kind of potential. But I still don't really look at him and think that's going to solve the problem. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm just going to, it'll be the same for me next year. I reckon they'll finish fifth or sixth again and probably get knocked out first uh, week or second week. Well, I think they'll struggle to make
2: the eight next year. Because mm. um, if you know, you talk about the Titans, the Warriors, the Panthers, all these teams we expect to improve, then there's going to be teams that are going to come out. So, uh,
1: and I look at the Panthers, Titans, and Warriors and just think they've got more points in them than Cronulla. So, yeah, that's fair enough. But uh, fifth place in the competition. The Melbourne Storm knocked out in week two. They finished third in the regular season. But uh, the easiest way to look at this one is their worst season in eight years bar the year the points were taken off. So that's a fair achievement to stay up for that long. I know there was obviously the salary cap in between that, but that is a long time to either make the preliminary or the grand final.
2: Yeah, I, I was really disappointed with how they finished the year. They, After eight weeks, everyone was saying, well, give the trophy to Melbourne. Who's yeah. going to beat Melbourne? Um but uh, they sort of produced that last year as well. They, they managed to really start the year off well and then finish the season well, whereas this year they just didn't find that kick at the back end of the season. And whether that's because, uh, you know, obviously the, the, the length of their run at the back end of last year, whether that took some gas out of them, um, and then obviously having the World Cup Challenge. And, uh, you know, every team that seems to win the competition always talks about uh, how much that takes out of you having to travel and come back. Then Melbourne had some really early road trips on their schedule, which um, you know would have taken some juice out of them. But uh, I'm not really sure what happened there in the last couple of months at Melbourne, but um, I'm sure they'll be reviewing it and going over it because there's obviously um, a few things that went wrong. Uh, the Gareth Widop situation that probably hurt them. Um, he obviously wasn't fit when he came back, and uh, they, yeah, I expect them to finish at least in the top four. I expect them to make a preliminary final, but to fall one week short of that it's uh, definitely
1: no disgrace and they really put up a gallant fight in defending their premiership. Well, Bellamy said they lacked the buzz which usually comes around uh, that time and I think the main thing is, yeah, exactly what you said. Usually they're hot at the start of the year to build the points before the Origin period. Uh, they struggled to that period as they always do, but at the back end of the year they seem to catch fire, but this year last two games were just awful. Origin was the killer and he never rested the big three, which I just can't understand. In the last couple of years they've all had a game out or a half game or something, but even in Smith's 250th, we blew the Sharks away. They needed to just pull those guys. Mm. He pulled Smith really late on, I think with a minute or two to go. But just, yeah, there was some just bits and pieces. The last round game. But I don't you think, I don't but know. Why did, like, we, why did we play them against you guys? It was a good game, but we, think. we played 90 minutes a week before the finals. Those guys shouldn't have been playing in that game.
2: Yeah, but I think it was more the week before. They they got smashed at Brookvale. Yeah, well, they, they looked, would have. He maybe hit the panic button. Thinking, but they looked well, flat then. Yeah. You needed to
1: give them time. You know the quality of those guys. They don't need to play twenty. Yeah, from games. the outside
2: look, I totally agree. Like, oh, you know, we said it all week. We we even backed it with our charity bet. We were confident he'd, he'd pull the players because that's obviously what we would have done in that situation. But maybe he did read some of the headlines, Craig Bellamy, and maybe maybe he did think that they need another week, because that was a terrible performance at Bookvale Oval. Yeah, it was obvious water. It was terrible. They were all flat. Smith, Cronk, besides Slater. Yeah, they're those. flat, flat. I mean, he, may, he might have rested them for three weeks. We don't know. I, I think there'll be some review going on Still. in terms of, you know, when they when they tape it and when they tried it to, to peak. You can
1: rest in training, though, but if you're going to keep getting bashed in a game, the game's the real one that kills you. I think they need I mean, a, If you're going to
2: rest, you need to see them uh, kick in a game. Mm. You know? But it obviously didn't happen. Um it's, it's obvious when they wanted to taper, they obviously tapered, but they, ne- they never kicked. They no. never peaked again. They well, didn't hit their straps. So.
1: Woodot was the other big one for me. Like you said, he was never adequately replaced. Finch isn't the player he was a couple of years ago. He was definitely behind the pace. He got pulled apart, in particular by a man in that game. That would have yeah. given everyone an idea what was going on. But during the year, you know, it was pretty much the usual. They were very clinical they were second in tries and uh, they scored the most tries from outside uh, 20 plus metres but 15th in penalties, their discipline, they do usually cop it a little bit because they do get in the ruck but this year particularly uh, they seem to be pretty bad at times there was you know some games there where they really, really hurt themselves on the penalty but just simple, near the end they looked stale, those guys weren't rested, uh, the widow up one hurt, besides that they didn't really have any problems Duffy was the only other real main injury but they had some good outside backs but Ryles Finch, and Blair, they're going to be moving on now. Blooded some good young Fords, uh, you know, Tohu Harris, Bromwich, McLean, so they've got a good platform heading forward. And the buyers that they've made for next season in Travis Robinson, Hormel Hunt, and kafusi these kind of guys, they're all younger buyers. So once again, they're trying to integrate them into that squad and try and have a little more fresh blood in there, which isn't a bad idea. Yeah, I, the one for me, the, the biggest highlight of the year is Cooper Cronk winning the Dalian. Oh, I'm super happy. Out of those great. Yeah, two, it's... they always get more of the pundits and the plaudits than he does. But some of the things he's done over the last few years, he virtually won in the grand final. Uh, he won the Origin series of that field goal, and now he's kind of got something to hang his hat on—a little bit of a separation from the other two blokes. Yeah. So uh,
2: to win to win the M in a side with the big
1: three um, is a
2: great achievement. Uh, and uh, the Clive yeah.
1: Churchill of the year before, so yeah. he's really I think now pushed himself finally as a bit more of a solo identity rather than Billy and Cam seem to be the mains. I and think
2: me and you and, and a lot of other league analysts or whatever, that, that, that we would have seen him in that
1: position already. Um, but he's oh. now just got the silverware to go with it. But yeah, um, that's, that's what I mean. For those out there, probably didn't really give him that kind of clap. He's pushed himself into his own little area now. And and you know what? I think he's had better seasons than this year. Mm. I think honest. he probably has too. Underrated this, seasons. This, 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 that's the standard. I thought he was good this year. Don't get me wrong. That's the standard, like I said, though. Uh, JT play better. JT had a late run. Mullen had a late run, and then I said that yeah. Cherry Evans misses three games because of Origin, realistically. He's probably the most consistent one, but he got denied the chance to get points because Crump was playing in front of him in those games. Yeah, so, the Origin, yeah. You realistically look at it. Yeah, Cherry Evans is probably the best half all year. But yeah. uh, Melbourne, they'll be a threat again next year. As long as those three are there, they've got some good bits and pieces around it, but whether they're a uh, premiership contender is yet to be seen, but they're definitely going to have to manage the Origin. A lot of debuts. Di- I of think the World Cup's going to hurt too. Yeah, oh, well, I'm a bit worried about the see. World Cup, but we'll have to wait and see. What no happens. World Cup challenge. so. Yeah, we'll have to see what, wait and see what happens with that. But for now, that's uh, four more teams done. We've got four more to go, but we'll have a quick break. If you want to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, get onto Centibet and fire up. Download the Centibet app and get into the centre of the action. Or get on to www.cenebet.com and register now or call 1-800-013-627 for all your inquiries. Cenebet, fire up. Final four teams for the year, the Newcastle Knights, they finished fourth in the competition, seventh in the regular season on the ladder. Uh, they weren't really seen as a, a title threat, you'd say, at the start of the year, obviously with Wayne Bennett being there, uh, they were giving some kind of backing or faith, but realistically, during the year, they showed a very hot and cold form. We saw a couple of wins and then a couple of losses. It was up and down, on and off, and uh, I put a lot of pressure on a bloke like Jared Mullen to perform, but come finals time, they uh, more than certainly proved me wrong. They got in at seventh, but by that time of the year, they were firing, and in particular, they owe a lot of credit to some experienced forwards, a very solid halves pairing where Tyron Roberts come in, owner Mullen had his best season, and uh, arguably equal best backline in the competition yeah. with the manly seagulls so I, I think they just got hot at the right time of the
2: year um, they ran into some sides who were on the backward slide they got healthy too though that was the other thing yeah I just like they ran into the bulldogs who were at the end of their run um, and who hadn't really fired a shot all year they then ran into Melbourne. Who were quite clearly at the end of their run, uh, and then ran into the Roosters and just got hammered. So look, you know, uh, great season for them. They they've definitely overachieved in terms of where we. I I sort of thought they might finish top four, but I wasn't confident. And if you would have told me, even with you know a month to go in the competition, that they finished fourth, I I probably wouldn't have uh,
1: wouldn't have taken the odds. Mm. Well, I thought I think I had them fifth or fourth. We'll get into our ladders at the end, somewhere around there. I thought they'd be there, but not win the comp. But in the end, all the bits come together. Mullen had his best season. Roberts was great. Uh, that back one, every single one of them, uh, they made the most metres in the comp, but it's that's the funny thing. It's not because of the forwards. It's thanks to their backs. They all average over 100 metres a game. Yeah. Uh, Boyd being the lowest at 121, but the highest, I think, was uh, young man, Leilua and Guy. They were both up around the 140 mark. Even Kevin Nguama, in his five games, he averaged 130 metres a game. So, Iwata, he become the passenger in that side too. He was still over the 100-metre mark, but as far as tries and striking on that back line, he definitely needs to step his game up. Yeah, he does. But definitely. moving forward, uh, Badiris getting healthy, helped at the end there in the nine position. Snowden went, but Bo Scott come in and Smith got healthy again. All those kind of things fell at the right time, along with you know younger blokes like McKinnon and Rocco coming into their own, but you never really thought they were going to win against the Roosters, and in particular, they lack second phase. They play one-out football, and I was saying to you that watching the game, I was just blown away that even a bloke like Wayne Bennett didn't adjust to that. They had the least amount of second phase in the comp, but I think they you can't they run didn't the match up well with the Roosters because they scooted so much with their outside backs and <clears throat> the, um, the scooting and getting wide isn't so, what bothers me though. Running Willie Mason and these slower, That's plan. That's slower strength. blokes into the guts of the Roosters is the dumbest thing you possibly could have done. You know
2: what? But I think Bennett would have just been happy to to get there and get a crack at the Roosters because quite clearly they weren't. No. you know they didn't deserve to beat the roosters you know the roosters were quite clearly the more dominant side throughout the season but finals football you know it doesn't really reward that uh, it gets you on a level playing field with someone on a saturday night you know in late september and you've got a crack at knocking them off uh, obviously it obviously didn't come off but at least they were there with a crack um, and knights fans are you know they'd be a little bit happier this off season um, with the side definitely on the up uh, they're starting to see the uh, the fruits of uh, the Bennett uh, factor coming in up there, and uh, it'd just be now. The expect, expectations are going to be even higher
1: for next year. Mm, well, they only really lost uh Costigan, Costigan, Badiris is probably a big one, even though I know he wasn't consistently there and he had a couple of injuries during the year. Nine is a, is a key need for them. Adam Clydesdale played a little bit, but he was way too small. Uh, service was good, but nine is a big issue right now. I love mm. the halves. I love the back line. The experienced forward pack is going to be bolstered again with Packer coming over. If he gets back to his Kiwi form, you'd think that's going to help out the forwards they've got, plus McKinnon and Rocco, who they blooded. But nine is the one thing I'm looking at. Uh, I've got no idea why they bought Clinton Newton, and they've kept a couple of other older blokes on board. We don't know about Craig Gower yet, but Tahu, Gally. Anthony Quinn, they've, they've still got plenty of experience. But um, look at their junior ranks as well. They almost won. The New South Wales Cup before injury. They've got Toka Liki Liki, a big bopper. I think it's more those kind of guys and Corbin Sims. He's going to have to look this year to get them more in that McKinnon and Rocco kind of mode going forward. I think they need one or two more of them to step up to be a real threat because they're probably lacking just a little bit extra out of that bench. And uh, nine is obviously the real one. They don't have one at the moment. I don't know where it's coming from. Yeah. Is Clydesdale the answer? I'm not 100% sure. Hilde is definitely not the answer. But uh, only time's going to tell, so I guess we're going to have to wait and see. And they've lost some, a few
2: young players as well. So, um, yeah, it's it's a, it's a they're going to be a really hard
1: one to predict next year. Uh, I think they'll be up there again. That back line one to seven is too good, and they've still got some good forwards. But it's more the hooking position. I look at do they have the all round threat and do they have the depth? Uh, they've definitely got the experience, but I still even think the players that he's kept and said he needed. I don't really see them really. Uh, being top line depth like Anthony Quinn, Tahoe, I'm not really looking to keep them guys around. Yeah, but he has so wait and see what happens. But number nine is my biggest issue. bedsy has gone. Is Clods? They big enough or ready for it? I'm not sure. But is there anyone else? Because I, I don't think there is. No. But uh, Travis Waddell was another one we didn't see too much of. I have to wait and see what happens. But
2: there's an array of hookers there. Um, You'd be happy though. Like he's, I he's he's uh, bought some in and spat some out. Bennett out over you know the last two years so. Um, that's that's the obviously the glaring the glaring one. The other one is just
1: uh, getting consistency out of their front row. Well, the um, the some case, Snowden's head in. Yeah, well, he missed my suspension for a seven game suspension. Then he had another two or three game suspension as well. Yeah. But uh, you look at them. If you're a fan of their side, you're very happy with the way this year went. I think you'd have to say you think that overachieved by getting to the final four, and you'd be very happy winning those two finals. Games. Oh, I'm a little
2: bit worried about them next year, but. I don't think
1: their roster's going to be as good next year as what it was this year. Well, look at that back line. That's still enough to kind of keep me enticed with those halves. But I look at nine and just a couple of those forwards. I think a couple more of those kids have to really break through and do a service. But third place in the competition was the South Sydney Rabbitohs. They finished second in the regular season. Uh, That last-round clash with the Roosters, ultimately deciding the minor premiership. But... (sighs) My God, I just it kills me to keep saying it. And I said it a lot of the time during the year, they just lacked that killer edge. They had a lot of teams up with big score lines, and they ran away, but they never put their fork in their food and just ate it. Yeah. They always played with it. They always let sides come back into it. Uh starting off fourteen out of sixteen is all well and good and every South fan can say look how many games you won during the year, but finals is a different beast. Yeah.
2: Well they scored the most points of any South Sydney side ever. So that that gives you a little insight into the type of season they had, or mm-hmm. the, the potentially how good their season could have been. But you are. Um, but there. you're right. I mean, they got themselves to a game against the Roosters to play off for the minor premiership. They sort of choked in that game. I felt uh, they then come up against Melbourne Storm and. They didn't have a great record well, against Melbourne. Almost, no, that was a
1: really good win. They almost let us back in, though. Again, yeah, they, they, they did, you
2: know? but I think I would have looked at that and thought it was a confidence-building win. Um, they then come out,
1: and 14, flew manly off the park, fourteen nil up. Yeah. This is this, this is the one that another one I've argued with a lot of people this year, and they've all said you're crazy. This justifies my point. They don't have that killer edge. They don't have that finals mentality.
2: Yeah, yet. I don't know whether it's a killer edge. I, it's, I think it's a little bit of
1: big game, lack like of big game experience. <sighs> they've got enough well, it big is game because experience. The, where? Who? Mate, Burgess, Inglis, you look at these no, kind of guys. I don't think they are all international-type players. I think they looked a little bit overawed. They had their little choke last year. A lot of them have been around. Oh, see, I don't, they, I don't
2: think they did choke. I think everyone made that excuse for them. Obviously, Reynolds went off last yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. That one went through to the keeper. But they were I there. This year, this year, that's a choke.
1: And they got Theo. they had McQueen, they had rep players. They had everything there. The only thing that let themselves down was them. And I know oh. a lot of people are sitting here going, Yeah, but in, oh, big, well,
2: games, in big games, if Manly led the Rabbitohs 14-0... They they would never let the Rabbitohs back in.
1: No, probably not. But Neither they, would have
2: Melbourne. You can't Neither tell me with
1: Simons and Horror and these kind of guys, they've got a whole squad full of big name players as well. Overall in that squad. No, I don't, a don't really
2: care about that. I, I don't I care more collectively about the whole team mm-hmm. and what they're producing. I just don't think collectively in key positions they've got big big game players. They mm-hmm. might have big name players.
1: I think they've got but guys that are playing side... big
2: games and won big trophies, they've got none.
1: They should have. Apart from should have been in the grand final. They ago. should have definitely. And I agree flopped. with you,
2: but I just think in the end, fourteen 0 I'm not um, defending. I, I'm I'm giving Manly a rap. They had big game players that delivered under pressure. Um, the Roosters had exactly the same. Um, the only other side I would have put on par with them was would be obviously the Storm, but they were in all sorts. Um, and but as you said, as bad as Melbourne were playing, um, they could have easily won that game in week one of the finals. Could have been a totally different final series. South could have found themselves on the other side of the draw, um, you know, playing the Roosters, but uh, it, it didn't happen. Um, but, yeah, I, it's, it was definitely a choke. Um, but for me, uh, next year's it now.
1: It is. The window's closing because <laughs> they're going to have to upgrade people. They've already upgraded McQueen. They lost a lot of depth in Peets and Hunting, and whatnot. Starling, they stripped out probably six That's or seven sassy, good young crocker. players. Uh, you've got a lot Evering of older They're all kind of gone, a lot of young backs. Yeah. but King, Peets. I don't think they bought They bought it all right. They got Gresmull from the Cowboys. We're hearing Fisher and a couple of the young guys. They also bought Joel Reddy, So That's, that's probably a, the worst one of all. The good boy. They had some all right 20s kids as well. They're coming through Aaron Gray and the like. But as far as that top end, they've had two years now. They've made the Final Four twice. Yeah, Reynolds went the other one. This year they choked, plain and simple. But Maguire's got one thing you still got to get into him, which is forget about the 42 or 43 years or all the bullshit. You're a rugby league player. No one else changes the results bar you, and when you get out in the field in a game like that, it's simple. It's fourteen nil up. Yeah, but I'll, you need to have that edge. You need to have that mindset. They didn't have it. I don't yeah, care but about I mean, the it, big players or whatever. They let that one slip. Forget about that
2: game. It's easy. They to could just have
1: nullified me. Yeah, but forget they? about that. And they didn't.
2: Were Were Reynolds, Inglis and Sutton playing good footy in the last month of the season? Oh. No, that's as simple as it but is. That's me. another one. GI. Yeah, I think we look too much into oh this and that. It's as simple as that. GI. Same as the big three at Melbourne. They weren't playing that well at the back end of the season. No, they weren't. But they've probably got more.
1: Nearly the Burgesses
2: had the best key players at the back end of the year.
1: Reynolds, Sutton, G.I., Luke, the Burgesses, T.O., McQueen. They had a lot more there that should have got them to a grand final. They didn't do it. Reynolds definitely flattened out big time at the back end of the year, I think. He was Mm. one that a lot of us forgot about. Sutton wasn't that great after his injury. G.I., just never, ever gone back into it. I know people say he was injured, but there's plenty of blokes carrying problems at that time of the year. He never really put a stamp on a game again.
0: No.
1: And Sam Burgess, as we've all said, he seemed to be more carried away with getting involved in crap than playing his best football. So, Well, he's another one. Back in the year, he didn't play real well. Yeah, well, they fell over. But their biggest weakness you saw in that semifinal was that left edge. Sutton, Goodwin and Merritt, they got pulled apart a well, lot. We said it all year about Merritt. We couldn't believe that no, they only uh, picked him for origin and it got exposed in origin... And another thing that shows you why they should have been in the grand final—they used the least amount of players went in the comps. So they can't really blame. Uh, no, you know, it's not their player stocks. It's how their players perform. But yeah, it's the one that got away. They had great depth, but 2014 <laughs> is the year that's for sure. With depth and upgrades and all that kind of jazz going on, this is the big one. They have to get to the grand final this year and get the uh, next year and get the job done. But uh, we leave them behind. Second. <laughs> in the competition, losing the grand final, the Seagulls, they were fourth in the regular season and uh, well, they proved us wrong that's for sure, we thought that with a lack of depth, so they getting pulled apart uh, by the salary cap as all good sides do and injuries to the Stewart brothers, the Wolfman and what now and the likes that they may struggle to keep a team on the park this year but all I can say is kudos to them they probably have the best, they do have the best back line in the comp, they have the best young halves in the comp and even with the depth gone, it was those players that they brought in, like uh, Brenton Lawrence, who turned out to be an absolute wonder. Justin Horro, who, as far as I'm concerned, should be in the New Zealand squad. Tom Simons, uh, they just covered all those little spots that we kind of thought they were going to be lacking in a little bit. Yeah. Oh,
2: well, and Cherry Evans, um, best halves pairing in the competition at the, at the right end of the year. Um, you know, I think they were they, were, they shaded uh, Maloney and Pierce, um, but. Uh, You know, the Roosters obviously collectively were better across the park. Um, The concern for me, again, next year is going to be the forward pack. Um, Obviously, the back line's sensational. Uh, Can Brett Stewart stay fit? Um, He, again, had a bit of an in-and-out season this year. But, you know, George DeFil was great. Um, Dave Williams, you know, I know he had a, a bit of a Barry Crocker in the grand final, but he was great for the last sort of, especially the second half of the season. Uh, their centres were brilliant. Uh, Matt Ai, I think he sort of cleaned his act up a little bit this year. He seemed a little bit um, less on the niggle, and he just played good footy with, with Tafur out on that left edge. Um, Lion, why he won't play Origin, I don't know. but um, Yeah, they they proved us wrong, definitely. Um, 18-8 up in the grand final. It could have easily been uh, Manly's ninth premiership, but uh, not to be.
1: No, it wasn't. But the main thing that shows how good they are on both sides, and just a refusal to die was they had forty-two tries on the left, forty-nine on the right. They had great balance all over the field. They can strike it from anywhere. Uh, Ballon is as consistent as they get in the middle of the ruck. Brent Kite battled on with lots of injuries, played well. What now? Just everything about it. But I'm kind of with you. I look at it again, and I think the story is going to be the similar next year. Well, they
2: obviously they lose. You lose Kite and Rose. Yeah, um, they're two key guys in their front row rotation this year. You get Starling, um, obviously they're, they're looking at him obviously maybe to play off the bench. Does that mean Brent Lawrence starts?
1: Brent Lawrence started the whole year.
2: Yeah. So well, that's, who's the other front rower?
1: That's not changing. As far as who the other front Faso, rower is going to be, no, nah, it's not going to be So There's no way. Well, who's um, it going to be? Well, that's your problem, isn't it? Who is the other front rower?
2: Yeah, I, I, yeah it's, it's a concern. Unless they've got someone realistically, in their 20s.
1: Well, yeah, that's what I was about to say before you jump in there. That realistically, right now, that spot is open for young Jake Draboyevich, mm. the young 19-year-old who played right at the end there. He's off contract. There's talk that he wants a long-term deal and he wants to stay there. Uh, I think this might be a bit of a David Clemens situation. Hopefully they don't dive in as much as the Bulldogs did because he got ridiculous money. But they've signed Chase Blair as well. I think he's going to be turned out to be a forward. He's way too big to be a centre. I don't care what he's thinking. Jaden Hodges is potentially the nine that's going to be coming at some point in time to fill the shoes of Matt Ballin, who's about 30, I think, next year. So they're starting to mold in that. But they bought young blokes the year before. Liggy Sow, the Warriors 20s player who I had big wraps on, he got their player of the year in New South Wales Cup, so he's developed in the way they'd want. I'd have to think that uh, young Liggy, Brenton Lawrence, they're the kind of guys. Jake Trubojevic, I think they're going to have a very young front row rotation next year. And uh, on top of that, yeah, obviously you're going to have Hassan and these kind of guys, David Gow, they're all going to be snooping around those positions, but they may lack a bit of size up front.
2: Yeah, so, I, I think they, we'd both agree they overachieved on where we had them this year. No, oh, um, big time. And we probably didn't account for the, the amount of big game players they had in their team. Um, it does, it obviously has an effect in finals football how much experience you've got playing there I think it was more um, the injuries though I just more looked they, at, just did, they didn't
1: really get they, any Did they? track record and thought they were going to struggle but even with the Stuarts those halves and that back line just they're tough good.
2: but they they play through injury as well I don't think we probably accounted for that as much as what we we should have um, yeah interesting really interesting um, even, even up until I mean they got beat last round against the Panthers at Brookvale and I sort of thought oh god here we go um, they are going to run out of gas and uh, yeah, they had that Dower game against the Roosters. Uh, we then said that you know they'd run out of run out of puff against the Sharks or you know run out of puff against the Rabbitohs, but they just never did. They just Jason, kept him. Jason
1: King's the other one. He stayed on. Is he is he going to play or is he, he stayed on? He hasn't announced has retirement, mm-hmm. but whether he's going to play or not, he's another one that's there. But I still think Sal got Player of the Year. Trebojevic got his debut. They're going to be the two that I'll be looking for. To join Brenton Lawrence, but the only thing to sum up them at the end is I think they're going to regret the semi and the grand final because I know stats don't say everything, but even that semi when they had the Roosters, they had eight hundred meters to eleven hundred, they had all the possession, the errors, everything kind of went their way. The grand final was very similar, the error count, uh, all those kind of bits and pieces, the possession, the attacking opportunities. I don't really think they capitalised in the end in either of those games, and realistically, it was you know they had two cracks, and at the end there they couldn't get the job done. But what a hell of a season! There's no way. I would have t- thought, or even predicted, that Manly would be in the grand final. It's going to happen again next year. Oh, there's always someone.
2: There. There's always, there's there's always, always someone
1: there at the end there that just kind of sneaks up. And there's nothing in.
2: between the teams.
1: It's uh, first place, not only on the ladder at the end of the regular season, winning the minor premiership, but also the premiers for 2013. The Sydney Roosters from 13th the year before. Moved on their coach, moved on a couple of players. Had Maloney on the way. Um, not much time to plan. They get Jennings in January. SBW rocks up after Boxing. There's a late transfer there where they get rid of Simons and bring in O'Donnell and just in general uh, a culture. And you would think with all those little bits and pieces coming late and having such a short time to turn around that you wouldn't be able to put in a culture. But my God, not only did he control the egotistical, usual mindset and the, the rock star, superstar kind of set up, they got up the roosters, but he brought in fundamentals and as far as I'm concerned, a defensive monster. His greatest yeah. record as far as keeping teams to nil in the history of the NRL, yeah. six zeros in a season. Yeah, which is tremendous. Defensively, um,
2: that's really tough to do regardless of how how good of a defensive coach you are or how good your defensive players are. its We all know, you know, defence is 99%, you know, the mentality that you have, um, you know, within your players and within your team. And it's obviously they've got a great culture there. But um, the minor premiership in, you know, most recent history has been a bit of a poison chalice. Um, so for them to go minor premiers, premiers is a significant achievement. Um, I spoke to a guy at a high-performance course in October last year, and he... He uh, was an assistant coach with Newtown, who's obviously, um, or at that stage still is, obviously the feeder club for the Roosters, and he hadn't heard a peep out of Robinson, and this is the end of October, um, two weeks before uh, you know, pre-season kicked off, and it just shows you, I've said it a couple of times now, that the lack of preparation that he had in terms of gelling the squad together, the squad changes... Um, he must be a heck of a coach and he must have a really good staff around him and well done to the players for putting their egos at the door uh, or leaving their egos at the door I should say and buying into what he tried to build there because it's obvious that um, you know, collectively uh, they're obviously a tremendous team but you can make the argument that different players in that side would make more significant con- contributions elsewhere but it's, it's a team sport um, and they've got, they've got a tremendous team one of the best on paper that you could you could ever line up. You know, you look at it across the across the park. It's almost it's Origin in Internationals. Um, so well done to them, deserved um, champions.
1: Uh, I don't know what else we could say. Uh, mate, just fundamentals for me: that the go forward, uh, the support play, the backs getting into dummy half, all the things that you look to do well <laughs> week in week out and not overcomplicate it. They didn't. No. Um, you know they were very safe in the halves and. With all those superstars, like you said, I think the biggest thing and the sign of why we keep saying he's such a good coach is bringing those other guys in the squad up to their level and integrating them into the great team they were. Like Tupo comes over, gets his chance, look what he's done to him. Sheck, a friend, he gave a rocket and said, I think you're a great player and a great defender, but I need you to become more attacking and a passing player. He scored tries and had a massive involvement. Aiden Guerra, CM Moa comes over in the sniff of an oily rag. Those two, one turns out to be a starter, the other one's in the... Kiwi squad now in the World Cup, and uh, you know, what a, they're the most penalised team in the comp, but their attitude in defence was just awesome. Yeah. They weren't worried about the penalties. But I think they won the penalty count in the
2: grand final. Yeah, but those penalties weren't so
1: much ill discipline, though. They were refusing to let points in because they had that attitude that I'd yeah. rather give away the penalty than let you take four well, or six points. I'm more it.
2: impressed at the fact that the whole season I said you can't give away those penalties, you can't lose a penalty count in big games, and they didn't. They might have all year. No. They might have been the most penalised side
1: overall, but in the key games they weren't. But no surprises here. <laughs> them and the Roosters only used tw- uh, them and Souths used twenty five, the least of the comp. And uh, as far as who's moving on, you know they lose Kennedy. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Uh, they gain Remy Casti, a front rower who replaces Kennedy pretty much directly. He's a bloke over at the Catalans there, so obviously he's a big fan of his to be bringing him over from the Super League. Yeah. Pretty sure he'd be coming on the sniff of an oily rag as well. Uh, then you've got Dylan Napa still. Lou, was well, that, Lou, who played in there? His deal is yet to be finalised and a few other squad players. But Kane Evans is one I told you about who didn't get to play this year because he had Cinder's Moses. I think he's an outstanding front row. So the scary thing is they're virtually losing no one. They've got a couple of guys we haven't even seen yet. Well, I said it to you.